Team there. Will the running backs continue to drop tonight? Can Tim McCullough or Mike Nazareth come up with their third top five overall finish? And will one of the four returning pros versus Joe's champs be able to repeat this evening? Follow along with the live draft board and listen to our live analysis as we call the action from the 2017 FFPC Pros versus Joe's Better Call Saul Division Number 6 draft to see who will win a 2018 FFPC main event team. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Thinking of a master plan. Cause ain't nothing but sweat inside my hands So I dig into my pocket all my money spent So I just deep up, still coming up for lint So I start my mission, leave my residence Thinking how could I get some dead presidents I need money, I used to be a stick up kid So I think of all the devious things I did I used to roll up, this is a hole up, ain't nothing funny, stop smiling, you still don't nothing move but the money, but now I learned that. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. I don't like to dream about getting paid, so I dig into the books of the rhymes that I made. Soon as the test see if I got pulled. Thank you very much, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Tonight we have the final show of six special episodes in 2017 for you. It is the Pros versus Joes Better Call Saul Division number 6 draft tonight, and we will be covering it for two full hours. Follow the live draft board at uh, youtube.com slash football. Shout out to the chat room right now for everybody listening at blogtalkradio.com slash hsff. The video link is in there for you as well. Post any questions you guys might have in there for tonight's drafters or for myself or Dave. We are on uh, this new app called Twitter at hsffhour at Eric Balkman at David Gerzak. You can post on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash hour. If you want to chime in and talk with us, give us a call at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox, football at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. Our audio engineer, Bryce, our producer and mutual friend, Rob, will get those questions to us throughout the evening tonight. Uh, FFPC, uh, myffpc.com, also featuring the Football Guys Players Championship, the main event, best balls, draft expert double-ups, dynasties, and much more right now, myffpc.com. A ton of drafts, both of live and slow nature going on. Uh, You can sign up for those right there. And if you want your early draft spot uh, for the main event, go ahead and get your team paid for by August 14th, and you will have your draft slot where you're picking live at Planet Hollywood in Vegas or from the comfort of your own home two days later on Wednesday, August 16th. As a reminder, Planet Hollywood is doing a great job welcoming the FFPC players with huge discounts for staying uh, at the establishment uh, from Tuesday through Saturday, massive discounts. Contact Greg Sidoris, our live event host, at 855-VIP-HOST or LVCH77 at AOL.com as well. Email him there, and he will get you hooked up. We uh, have to take a quick break. Uh, Great to start off the show, but when I get back, we'll tell you who's drafting tonight here on the HSFF Hour. 
The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour bringing you the Pros versus Joes Division number six draft tonight. It is uh, the final one that we're doing this year, and it's a very exciting night, Dave, because we have not one, not two, not three, but four league champs from Pros versus Joes last year drafting in the contest tonight. Kim, uh, well, I, I won't even bring them all up. I'll just go down and tell you who is a returning league champ, but the fact that we've got, we have four in here, this is the most power-packed Pros versus Joes draft we've ever had. I know you are excited. Uh, literally on the edge of your seat right now. Very excited. This is going to be so great, Paul. That's Dave Gerzak. Now, he is excited, but he has done this, you know, five of these shows already, so he's running on fumes. Pretending not to be excited. This will be great. Uh, Brad Kirkland is the FFPC Joe drafting in the one spot tonight. Jay Myers from Dynasty Football Warehouse drafting in the two spot. A returning champ from last year, and actually the, the overall runner-up, Kimra Schleicher, is drafting three. She is the FFPC Joe there. Uh, hitting cleanup is another lead champ from last year, Jared Smola from DraftSharks.com. Steve Rezis, who you heard on these airwaves about a month ago who uh, co-hosted the show with me. He is the FFPC Joe on the fifth spot. Darren Armani, the godfather of the Pros versus Joes competition from FantasyMojo.com, drafting six tonight. Bob McGilvray from uh, the FFPC uh, Joes contingent, uh, drafting seventh. Former overall champ and returning league champ, Tim McCullough from RotoExperts.com, drafting eighth. Uh, Rich McClellan and Roger Gonzalez, that team is drafting ninth tonight. Mike Nazarick, another returning champ and who will actually be on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour next Friday. Uh, he will uh, be attending or you know, be on the show then. We'll talk to him about his draft uh, from FFMastermind.com. He is drafting 10th. Nolan Ortiz, the final FFPC Joe of the evening, uh, drafting 11th. And then Ray, Ray Summerlin from Rotoworld.com. Uh, Ray Summerlin, not a returning Pros versus Joe's champ from last year. He is, however, the defending Scott Fishbowl uh, title holder. Uh, a t- uh, you know, hundreds of teams in that contest was so certainly an accomplishment in its own right. That's, a star, that's a big deal, though. Star stu- yes, it's a star-studded cast tonight. Let's uh, talk about what uh, has already transpired in the first round with uh, now that we are complete here. No surprise at the top, Brad Kirkland takes uh, David Johnson with the first overall pick. Le'Veon Bell is Jay Meyer's selection at two, and Ezekiel Elliott does go to Kimra Schleicher at uh, three. So Kimra takes Ezekiel Elliott there, Dave, and I don't want to spend a, a ton of time on this, but I still think that this is a compelling situation to watch for football guys' drafts and FFPC drafts going forward. Until we get some resolution on this Ezekiel Elliott thing, the NFL dragging their, their knuckles and their hooves uh, trying Trying to get this situation taken As care always. of. Yes. I, how, there, there's, wh- they're running in, there, there's investigation right. going on. When, what's the over-under on when we actually hear whether there's going to be a, spe- a suspension or not? In the Dizzle's estimation. I, you know, I haven't really been paying attention because I don't watch ESPN, especially this time of year. Right. I mean, you had it on a little bit, say, at the office. And I turn, first of all, I turned it on because there's nothing else on. Right. We're, yeah. I'm not, not faulting you. Okay. All right. And uh, I think they had a defensive lineman. He spent like five minutes on... It was, it was it was a they were analyzing a defensive lineman dancing against another a, young a lady, fan a yeah, fan, a fan young lady dancing as well in the stands and they spent like five or six minutes on it it was just terrible television terrible overall um, so I've been paying attention to it I would say probably in the next three weeks two weeks okay fair I enough that's just a guess yeah I don't know. all right who knows what they're doing. You know, it's not going to bleed into the season, right? It shouldn't. I mean, we'll, we'll find out before the season starts. They should, I mean, they really should let the Cowboys know before week three so they have a chance to really give their game plan for week three or for, for week one in the week three of preseason. Good point. 
Uh, Antonio Brown is the fourth uh, pick tonight. He goes to Jared Smolin from Draft Sharks. Uh, the number five pick, Julio Jones, goes to Steve Rezis and then Odell Beckham to Darren Armani right after that. Do you think that there's a separation of the top six players in FFPC drafts this year? I've been hearing this more and more, the power six, the big six. And, and it would be these first six Yeah, it does seem that way. Actually, I, you can see that for sure. And I have seen other pe- players obviously creep up. but I You think don't usually these see the... these six fall past pick seven or eight. I mean, generally not even past the six, the six spot. Right. Uh, LaShawn McCoy to Bob McGilvery at uh, the 107 tonight. Todd Gurley to Tim McCullough. So a first-round selection for Gurley? Todd Gurley. Goes early. Biggest surprise of the night, Todd Gurley at the 108 to Tim McCullough, the of course, the number one overall ranked player in this competition, as he has two. He is a, so he's a number one overall finish. He has a uh, a third. Uh, yes, excuse me, a third place overall. Or, no, it was a fourth place overall. Two top five finishes, yeah, including actually, one overall title. Yeah, it, you know, it is actually true though. If you had, to, if that is how you should rank him. He should be first because of those finishes. Todd Gurley uh, normally going at the two ten. He goes at the one oh eight. So that is the big surprise. The He's got a third in a few of these. Yes, and and uh, I've seen him uh, fall all the way to the late third in certain uh, football guys' drafts this year already. So, uh, Tim McCullough, big fan of Todd Gurley. I think we might hear from him tonight, so we'll definitely talk to him about that and why he made him his choice there. Uh, another minor surprise, I guess, uh, at 109, Jordy Nelson is the fourth receiver off the board. Uh, I haven't seen that a, a whole lot this year, but it's it's certainly hard to argue with a guy who is coming off an ACL tear, one comeback player of the year, had, you know, the 1,200 yards, the 90 catches, the 14 touchdowns. It was insane. Led the league in receiving touchdowns. Had a great year, so you can certainly get behind that pick at 109. Melvin Gordon is the selection. By the way, 109 was uh, was Rich McClellan there taking him. And then uh, the 110, Michael Nazarick takes Melvin Gordon, the Chargers running back. And then uh, A.J. Green, the 111 tonight to uh, Nolan Ortiz, rounding things out. In the 12th round, Michael, or excuse me, in the 12th pick is uh, Michael Thomas to Ray Summerlin. So, Dave, no purple on the board in the first round tonight. We've seen it uh, pretty much every pros versus – I think this is the second draft. We haven't seen a tight end go in the first round. Be, again, it's one of the storylines we always follow, and, and I, I think it's going to be important tonight to see how they go. Maybe this is the night they slip. We haven't seen a draft where the tight ends really fell significantly. This could be tonight. So when you do your – when you're commissioning these drafts and you see – and the tight ends do kind of slip, do you, you then – I think what you see, and this is my opinion, you see less doubling up, and you probably see more of the runs. Like you'll see like – like four or five pop off in the fourth round or third round or something like that. Sim- that similar in the same in the sixth round or fifth and sixth as well. I would I would say fifth and sixth. And um, similar to how you see the quarterbacks and and the kickers go in these right. DE competitions, that's how you see the tight ends go in uh, the twenty round classics where you do have waivers. They will just pop off, boom, 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 yeah, boom, right in a row. Right um, and uh, again, you're right. You don't see a whole lot of doubling up. Occasionally you do. I mean, somebody will take those like two two tight ends in in the like they'll take their you know, uh, somebody like um, Delaney Walker in the fifth followed up with somebody like Hunter Henry in the sixth. Because they're seeing value emerge because no one else is taking it. Or they're, they're, they, again, try to force the issue, So, right. which is difficult to do if you're not doing it right away. But right. some people still try to do it, and it works out sometimes. A late force. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, no other surprises for me here in the first round. Uh, Michael Thomas was a guy, I think, when we, we launched drafts, um, you know, the, the post, post-Super Bowl drafts that we had, 
um, you know, back in February and March, I was seeing Michael Thomas go at the turn. So I think to see him go here, uh, that makes a lot of sense tonight. Uh, let's get to round two here. Uh, DeMarco Murray is the first selection off the board to race Summerlin, followed by Mike Evans, who slips all the way to the 202 tonight. Dave, really good value there, in my opinion, when you can get a guy like Mike Evans, who normally is going at the 109 uh, uh, spot in these drafts and, and, you know, he'd say, oh, bulky, it's, you know, five picks or whatever. That's kind of significant when you're at the top half of the, sure. of the round. I do believe he regresses in targets. I still think he's going to get a ton of targets this year. Yeah, he's going to get a lot of red zone looks. He's, a, you know, he's in the prime of his career, Balky. I think, uh, and you get, you have uh, improving Jameis Winston. It's going to be a great hookup between the two. You can even make the case he hasn't yet entered his prime. You could what, make the case. Wasn't he super young coming into the NFL? He was too? young, very young. Yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, he's he, like 20, 21, 21 probably. He's a guy who uh, you can't even see the crescendo for him, man. It's so far in the distance. He's uh, he's on the upswing. You, you never hear problems with Mike Evans, right? No, no, you don't. Which is it's just um, just some positive. It's so funny that you know Johnny Manziel is like washed out of the league, and Mike Evans is thriving. Yeah, thriving. He, uh, he made Manziel, apparently, at Texas A&M. Hey, you can make that case. Devontae Freeman, the uh, fifth, excuse me, the um, seventh running back off the board tonight to Mike Nazarick. So he starts running back, running back. Uh, next to him, Rich McClellan starts receiver, receiver, Jordy Nelson, T.Y. Hilton, uh, followed by Rob Gronkowski to Tim McCullough there. So His he, first tight end. He pairs Todd Gurley and then uh, Rob Gronkowski. Now, the interesting thing is, and for those people who don't listen, Tim McCullough won this competition in 2014 by not really exactly knowing all the rules that it was a DE. He only drafted one tight end, still won the whole thing. Now, you look at this situation here. Antonio Gates, by the way. Is it, it was Antonio Gates that he took. You look at this situation right here, Rob Gronkowski. He takes the first tight end off the board. Maybe he thinks he's good now. He should. Now he can you know, ignore it. Now he can, he's just, got a good one to go. If you're going to take one tight end, you can't do much better than Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> uh, Bob McGilvray starts off running back, running back with Jordan Howard here going at the uh, 206 tonight. Travis Kelsey, the second tight end off the board to Darren Armani at the 207. Jay Ajayi uh, right after that to um, Steve Rezis uh, to pair with his Julio Jones from the first round. Des Bryant uh, contributes to Jared Smola's receiver, receiver start. Uh, Kimmer Schleicher takes Brandon Cooks here in the uh, 210. The penultimate pick of the Kim, second round. Kimmer took a New Orleans, a former, a New, former Orleans New Orleans player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, you know, she loved Brandon Cooks when he was on the Saints, and now he moved over, and she's still taking him. Well, listen, you, we don't draft the team. We draft the player. And, uh, you know, if, I think if, she's like she's liked Cooks a lot. But, yeah. uh, Le- Leonard Fournette is the uh, second to last pick here in the second round. Uh, Leonard Fournette going to Jay Myers from Dynasty Football Warehouse and closing things out here in the second round. The third tight end selected, Jimmy Graham to Brad Kirkland, FFPC. Interesting, Joe. Jimmy Graham over Greg Olson. I, mean, I guess I shouldn't mention players, but whatever. Well, you know, I, this is probably the earliest I've seen Jimmy Graham go in uh, the pros versus Joes. If you look at his ADP with FFPC right now in the DE, in the best ball formats, he's not going to usually the end of the third round. So this is a, a round jump. But you know he's not getting, uh, again, Brad Kirkland is not going to be able to get Jimmy Graham coming back to him in the fourth round. He had to either take him at the 212 or the 301 here if he did want him. And he did. So he, uh, he took him there. Uh, that is it for the uh, second round, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get to a break here. When we come back, we will have more coverage from the third round, plus live player interviews. You're listening to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
The action rolls on here with the FFPC Pros versus Joe's final draft. I can't even say the penultimate draft. This is the ultimate draft. And it really is the ultimate draft tonight here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour because we have four returning league champs from last year's PBJ competition. Kimmer Schleicher, Jared Smola, Mike Nazarick, and Tim McCullough all trying to defend their titles all in the same league. So we definitely saved the best for last this year. Uh, in the competition as far as uh, the accomplishments go. And we are entering the third round of action here. We've already seen some surprises. Uh, We saw Todd Gurley go to Tim McCullough at the uh, 108 tonight. We saw Jimmy Graham go at the 212. I think those are the two that stick out for me uh, right now. You can make the case that um, there was some other... uh, you know, somewhat surprising picks, but I don't think anything that that was that shocking. To me, I think the storyline early here is no tight ends going in the first round, and then you have a lot of teams uh, starting off with the same player. Uh, Jared Smola, receiver, receiver. Bob McGillivray, running back, running back. Uh, Rich McClellan, Roger Gonzalez, receiver, receiver. Um, Mike Nazarek, running back, running back. Uh, Nolan Ortiz, receiver, receiver. So we're seeing a lot of, you know, adding you know where you're already strong you're adding more strength to it early on in the draft and I always think that's uh, interesting to watch especially what we saw with Dennis Young doing last night going with six straight receivers to start I don't know if we'll see anything crazy like that tonight but we will we will see some teams loading up uh, at one position I think Dennis did go five receivers and then he took Kelvin Benjamin if I if I, I think that's how it went but this is my guess with I mean, if I if we talked to Nazareth or, or or Nolan Ortiz I would think that Nazareth took Melvin Gordon and he was considering taking Freeman. He's like, oh, Gordon or Freeman? He's like, I'll take Gordon. And then he came around and Freeman was there. He's like, took him. I can almost guarantee you Nolan Ortiz had the same thoughts. He's like, A.J. Green or Evans? Took A.J. Green and was shocked that Evans came back around and took him. So I think they're both pretty happy with their second-round picks. And I, you know what? I'm happy with those picks, too. I'd say all four of those players you're seeing pretty consistently in the first round uh, mm-hmm. of the DE formats here. Uh, between Green, yeah, Evans. Freeman goes, what, 10, 11, 12 usually, right? Yeah, I mean, you're, Evans normally is the 109. A.J. Green's normally the 110. Melvin Gordon's normally the 111. That's how we see it. Freeman at, at the 112. Yeah, right so you're, 12, you're right. seeing basically the last four picks of the first round falling, two of them falling to the second round. So you're essentially, you're, they're, they're pulling off the Patriots move. You get, you get these first-round talents in the second round, and, and that's uh, certainly what they pulled off there. Uh, we are entering the third round here, ladies and gentlemen, the rainbow start from Brad Kirkland. After going running back tight end, he gets Demarius Thomas at the 301. You know, you talk about Des Bryant, who I, I uh, see went at the 209 tonight, the, the, the Jared Smola, and being that, that turn pick for Team 1 in a lot of these drafts. Yeah. Demarius Thomas seems like he's an, another guy that seems to be going on the turn quite a he's bit. He's coming up, it seems like. He's, yeah. he was, I thought he was going the mid-third for a while, and late, now he's really kind of coming up. Mid to late third, I would say, probably a month ago, and now he's just creeping up because people are like, you know what, his warts aren't that big. There's, I, think, I can I get think, on board with him. I think you look at the other players getting taken in that neighborhood, and their yeah. warts are worse. DeAndre Hopkins, the 302 pick tonight to Jay Myers. Amari Cooper goes right after that to Kimra Schleicher. Uh, Ty Montgomery creeping, 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 creeping all the way up to the 304 tonight to Jared Smolin. Ty Montgomery, a running back, uh, the starting running back for a high-powered offense in Green Bay. Normally going at the 405, uh, Jared Smolin reaches down and plucks him tonight. And Jared Smolin, I, I will say, and really the whole Draft Sharks crew, they are big proponents of the Eric Balkman strategy of Go suck. get your guys. No, oh. not suck. They're brilliant. <laughs> they have great, they have award-winning projections there. They know what they're doing. And Jared Smola going out and getting his strategy. guys. Um, can I, go ahead. No, I don't have anything to say. Um, I said suck. That's why, that was my comment. Can, so you think the pick sucks? You don't like No, it? I think your strategy overall is to just suck. Whatever. So that's, I was wondering if that was there. 
Um, it's not even very, it's not even a very funny joke, but I keep Can, laughing. Well, I know you, you apparently think that you're hilarious. moderately annoyed. At I'm not moderately annoyed. Um, <laughs> I'm totally annoyed. No, the, uh, I would like to submit for your consideration to the, uh, ascendant semifinalist, Ty Montgomery running back. Sure, I'm up there, yeah. I think that he's uh, got the potential to even rise higher, uh, depending upon how preseason goes. And obviously, uh, a lot, we're going to see a lot of Jamal Williams. We're going to see a lot of Aaron Jones in the preseason. I don't know how much Montgomery will see, but. Do the Packers have that family goofball night? Yes, thing it's sold do? out. Of course, it's always sold out. Yeah. You know what I think it's like eight bucks? I don't know what they are. I thought they raised them up this And then year. the fans always, you know, they bring, they, people bring their kids, and then, of course, there's a bunch of drunk people who just get, you know, throwing up all over the place. And right. Just it's not, it's not that bad, but, <laughs> but yeah. Wait, wait, so, they, so that's always before the first uh, preseason. Is that yeah. this weekend then? Uh, it might be. It might, it might be this coming Saturday. The Hall of, yeah, I would guess it's this Saturday. Did you, the Hall of Fame game. Do you, do you know when the Hall of Fame game is this year? Yes, yeah, Thursday. Thursday night. So I thought like, it was always on a Sunday. It usually it used to be. And then I they, thought, no, actually, I thought it was either Sunday. No, it was Sunday night. You're right. And they switched yeah. it because of the turf thing? I, they probably switched it because it sucked. I mean, who wants to watch this game on a Sunday night? But, I mean, no. now it's weird because now the game is before the actual induction ceremony. Yeah. Which is smart because... What's the highlight? This terrible game where nobody plays? Right. Or is the highlight the actual Hall of Famers getting inducted? Right. I think this is actually a lot more sensible. Uh, yeah, I thought it was because, you know, they canceled the game last year because I think the turf was so chewed up from the ceremony. <laughs> I forgot. Um, that and, was hilarious. And it's terrible. It's like all these people that were that were super ticked off that, oh, we finally get football. Oh, no, you don't. You're going to have to wait another week. Well, I mean, the worst, as Leroy would say, the worst part is, that it, the real know, Leroy, of course, yeah. FFPC player. The, you, if you, a lot of these people would pay like three thousand or twenty five hundred dollars for these Hall of Fame packages through yeah. these, whether it's through the NFL. The NFL was selling them too. Mm-hmm. When they had game tickets, you get to meet all the Hall of Famers. You get the golden jacket thing. You're doing all this stuff at breakfast, and now you miss. You don't even get the game. Yeah. Kind of, I mean, that's that blows. I uh, had a lot of obviously the Packers are playing in it last year, and you know, being in Northeast Wisconsin, I'm friends with a ton of Packers fans, and Facebook just blew up with all these people that travel down there to see Brett Favre's induction and then see Aaron Rodgers playing the game or not Aaron Rodgers, but you know, all the other Packers or whatever, and just blasting the NFL about how much money they spent. And they should, Isaiah, they they were probably paying like three fifty a night to stay in a motel six. Even if, you know, even if they didn't go to the, get the big package deal, they're a comfort suite four twenty five a night. I mean, that's what they're probably paying out, out down there. Isaiah Kroll is the uh, next running back off the board tonight. He goes at the 305 tonight to uh, Steve Rezus, uh, followed by Greg Olson. So we see Darren Armani uh, from Fantasy Mojo, guy who has watched all these drafts uh, intently, seeing what happens. He is the guy who is the first uh, player to double up on tight ends tonight with Kelsey and Olson. He's doing it from a precarious position right in the middle. Kind of tough to force action there, Dave, but he gets Kelsey and Olsen. We'll see how that uh, that pays off. That, that's a great pick. I, I think you might want to do your little thing where your little Pac-Man gobble-up thing. No, you can do it. I don't want to do it. No, you can do it. it. I, I hate them. I hate okay. them. I, Just, Dave, go ahead. Okay, Bulky, fine. No, 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 no. All right, that was good. That was good. good. <laughs> You're no longer a, a Pac-Man virgin. Doug Baldwin. Doug I don't know if it was Pac-Man, what it is, but it's just so... Just, you know, just eating... Delicious food or making delicious picks. Doug Baldwin to Bob Gilbray tonight at the uh, 307, followed by the uh, second rookie running back off the board, and it is Joe Mixon, and he is the second running back drafted by Tim McCullough, so he pairs Todd Gurley with Joe Mixon in his backfield. Lamar Miller, the pick right after that to McClellan Gonzalez, and then Keenan Allen, uh, the fifth receiver taken in the third round to Mike Nazarick. That is actually 
the leader of his receiver core, as it is the first receiver taken off the board, and a massive, massive change in Christian McCaffrey's draft stock. He goes in the mid-sixth last night. Tonight he goes at the uh, end of the third as uh, Nolan Ortiz is number one running back and completing the uh, third round is Marshawn Lynch to Ray Summerlin. It just shows the insane value of that, that six-round six pick last night. That was, that was nuts. Yeah, it was a very shrewd pick. And, and you know, honestly, we, we It was talk, an unshrewd pick by the prior 12 or 13 draft. the not, drafters. They take 13, not drafters, but 13 picks. You could make the case that we can't even give, and I can't remember who took him. I know it was a pro. Yeah, they should have taken him yeah, the final round. Can't even praise him because, like, why didn't you take him in the fifth? Yeah, screwed why didn't you take him in the fourth? I mean, it's true. Like, in the fifth round, if you don't take him there and someone else takes him, and you're like, oh, I could have got, almost got McCaffrey. No, you passed on him in the fifth. Uh, McCaffrey, Terrible pick, but good pick. McCaffrey has a 405 uh, ADP in the FFPC best ball format. That, I mean, so, yeah, 405 ADP, and they're, you know, he's getting talked up all over the place, and these guys let him drop 24 picks, a rookie hype running back. It's, it's insane. Speaking of rookie hype running backs, we're going to get to uh, who Nolan Ortiz took in the uh, second or in the, with his uh, turn pick here in the fourth round. Uh, before we get to that, Marshawn Lynch, the three twelve tenant, he seems to be settling in there in, in these drafts at, at that, you know, team 12 taking, he, he's sort of like the Des Bryant of the opposite end <laughs> of the, of the yeah, board. Right, right, we're right. seeing him fall in line so much to, uh, to that uh, team 12 I'll say this: These guys draft a lot more slowly than the other guys because usually we're 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 trying to fall by, you know we're falling behind and now we're actually just trying to think of crap to say because these guys you guys are so terrible at drafting you take so long to make. Well, it uh, they're not terrible at it; they're just they're, methodical. They're smart. They're actually. deliberate. Um, so <laughs> that that's how that's, that's how they why do you, it. That's how you win championships because four of these guys did it. I you know and again you have. Darren Armani brought this up on the show last night when you were busy um, trying to get the, the technical difficulties squared away. But he said, like, look, yes, the pros are at a disadvantage here because they're not normally used to drafting in a tight end premium format where tight ends get one and a half points per catch. How hard is it? Bump up or half? Not, sure. not only that, but the, du- but the dual flex where you have uh, – you could start three tight ends or four running backs. Like, they, it takes them getting used to. And Armani said, he pointed to the side, he's like, look – some, some of these FFPC Joes get in, get selected based on them um, paying for their uh, main event team by the early bird deadline. The main it's event. Just, it, just entering, but it, yes. It, it's a, it's a entering. It's a 20-round draft, the main event. This is 28. So he said, like, look, there's a lot of these guys here that are FFPC Joes that are still not used to this format. They're not used to the runs of the quarterbacks and the tight ends and the kickers some, some and the defense. That's actually true. Some of them are used to it. Some of them are not. You're right. You're absolutely right. Some so, of these guys just only draft main events and only play classic or, formats. Or classics. Exactly. Yeah. So you see uh, this is a brand new format for them tonight. Um, Jordan Reed, the first pick off the board at the 401. Let's just briefly, we have about 60 seconds here to discuss Jordan Reed. Yeah. Um, News came out that uh, no timetable for his return. He's seeing a specialist. Here's my rule of thumb. If Joe Bryan is sending a breaking news email to me about a certain player. Joe Bryan from footballguys.com. I'm not taking him. I'm not taking that player today. Guess what? Andrew Luck. There was a breaking news email on Andrew Luck today. I'm not taking him. Yeah. It's not that hard. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, though, if, if Bryant did I'm not... I'm actually being serious. I know, but uh, kidding aside, I'm not kidding, Balky. If I can get another angle on your opinion here, if the email doesn't get sent out, what's your opinion on Reed right now? I, was, I wasn't, you know, I've been talking about Reed before. I don't, I'm not drafting him. I don't take him. He's an injury-prone player. Right. I'm not going to take an injury-prone player. Why would I do that? 
Yeah, well, there there's certainly some upside. I get what you're saying. We have there's we, other players not injury prone. There, that is definitely true, and there's plenty of non-injury prone players here going in the fourth round, and we're going to bring that analysis to you and tell you who's going here. We have to take another break. I am Eric Balkman. He is David Gerzak. This is the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. More pros versus Joe's draft coverage still to come right after this. Balky in the Dizzle. Bringing it strong tonight with the Pros versus Joes coverage. Yeah. The final Pros versus Joes competition of the year, the Better Call Saul Division number six. Uh, we are covering it for you pick by pick here uh, on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We talked uh, about Jordan Reed, the first pick of the fourth round before the break. And actually, I, I teased the, um, the selection to Nolan Ortiz that he made in the fourth round before we talked about yeah, Reed. Very exciting. Upside running backs, rookie running backs that are getting a lot of news, making a lot of headlines right now. It seems like the story coming out of Vikings camp is Dalvin Cook, and he goes at the 402 tonight. Dave, you know, I, I rip on you because you, you say that you are really liking Cook. Um, when, when I dogged him after the combine, right. but he, then the ESPN Sports Science came out, and I made me a true believer. Why, now, so talk about that a little bit, because Dalvin Cook's numbers for the a, 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 at the combine for a first, second-round pick were historically bad. Historically very, very bad. Rough, very really, rough. Really, really bad. Right. Um, so what about the sports science uh, segment that you saw on ESPN helped you sort of get get okay, like kind of kind of not ignore those numbers, but maybe not put so much importance on them, the combine numbers? Well, the sports science is they're actually using scientific numbers. They're using data. They're using his actual ability to play uh, with pads on. And you, you, know, you hear that people always say, oh, he plays better with pads on this and that. And I did watch a lot of, not a lot, I mean, not to the level of Matt Waldman. I mean, that's absurd. I have, I have another life that I you know, don't want to spend at all watching film. Just part of it. But I've watched, I've watched enough film. Where, I mean, he looked really, really good on right. tape. I mean, I, I feel like I, even in my non-skilled tape-watching ability, I can see when someone looks good. He looks fantastic. Yeah. So the fact that that article or that whatever it was came out, that actually made me realize, okay, maybe he just had a bad day at the combine. Whatever it was, He's a, he's a really good football player. So he, I, I, can, I can get past someone not being – I'm not just a numbers guy. He's maybe a better football player than an athlete. Like he plays – when the pads go on, he certainly steps up his game. Yeah, maybe he didn't prep all that well. You know, these guys, it's kind of like studying for the ACT. It's like, you know, if you just go in and take the ACT, you're going to get a certain number. But if you go and study and take a you know, 14-week prep class and do this and that, you're going to go up like 8 to 10 points. I mean, you can game the exam. It's kind of like studying for any exam. And, uh, I don't know, he's probably – Drinking, smoking booze, you know, smoking, drinking booze, whatever. Well, I mean, not not even that, but I mean, maybe he just had a bad day. Maybe he just got off on, uh, got up on the wrong side of the bed. I mean, these guys, it's it's so important. Maybe well, Shady he, he, had a bad combine because he was supposedly sick. Was that correct, uh, Shady McCoy? Uh, that sounds vaguely familiar, but that was a, a while ago. So I don't. I mean, you're talking like eight years ago, now, <laughs> right? Whatever right. it was. So I don't really remember. Well, he was one of the only players that have had bad combine performances quite as poor as uh, Cooks. But it sounds like from Vikings camp that. Uh, the, the veterans are very impressed with him, uh, very impressed with what he's doing. And I'll tell you this, too. As far as um, Dalvin Cook goes, you know, I'm a big Florida State fan. I've followed Florida State now for, you know, 20-plus years. And Devontae Freeman was a guy that I wasn't really that excited about when, when he came into the NFL. I thought he's like, you know, he's just going to be another Florida State running back. He was only a fourth-round pick, right? Yeah, he wasn't, wasn't a pedigree guy. Right. He was just kind of like whatever. And now look at him. Yeah. Okay? 
I was, I mean, Dalvin Cook, I was telling you about this in his sophomore season. Yeah, you like him a lot. I, I said, this guy is going to be crazy. He's going to be the number one overall dynasty pick when he comes out. Now, that didn't happen, and he came out in a historically great running back class. Uh, but he was still going usually behind, in a lot of dynasties, behind Mixon, behind McCaffrey, behind Fournette. Uh, so I think that there is something here, Dalvin Cook. I didn't even nominate him as an ascendant semifinalist, you were the one who did that. So he's already on the list to, just to tell you about, you know, how high we are on, on Cook right now. Uh, let's, Let me ask you a question about yes. Cook. Do we have time? Yeah, we, we, have, we got plenty of time. There's right. a long segment. So does he have a younger brother that's going to end up being, that Tisa Lamb, he thinks is going to be better than him? He actually does have a younger brother named uh, James Cook, who actually is... is uh, Cap- Captain Cook? Is very... He's a pirate? I think he's faster than Cook. His numbers were actually faster. Who committed to Florida State, and now he's uncommitted. Really? So not, yeah, which is too bad, because he's, so he, a, he's he, a five-star recruit. So really, at a running back? Yes. And he's an a pen, incoming freshman? Uh, he will be a freshman in 2018, but he has not... So, so he had, he had he kind did, of committed way he earlier. He committed way early. Who the hell commits when you're like a I, It's high school kids, man. This yeah, is whatever. what they do. Um, so he will be a freshman somewhere in 2018. Still hoping Florida State can bring him back, but... So do you want to, you want to just briefly mention how uh, Cecil Lammy and... Just, we got just, into, you and I got into, we got into an argument. Okay. It's, it's not really that big of a deal, but um, <laughs> we love the Football Guys podcast, all the great work that Football Guys does, and they're doing their preseason watch list right now, and uh, they talked about um, the Carolina, um, you know, fantasy skill players, and they talked about Christian McCaffrey and Cecil Lammy, who has his son has played against the high school that the McCaffrey uh, boys go to. Um, I've seen them play in person, and he thinks that Dylan McCaffrey, who is a freshman right now at the University of Michigan, playing for the Wolverines, is actually the best McCaffrey. And uh, what was his exact quote? That he is the best McCaffrey. I he's think it the was best McCaffrey. Yeah, or yeah. he will be the best McCaffrey. He didn't say will be, but like you know, yeah, so he's a, yeah. obviously he wasn't. He doesn't mean that Dylan McCaffrey is better than Christian right now. Right, yeah, right. but talent-wise, I think that's what the right. inference was. Um, I said, "Wow, that's interesting for a guy who's seen these guys play in person." You immediately. So I think that's a ridiculous statement to say. I, think, yeah. I, I don't think it's that ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. Meaning, when a guy gets drafted, well, McCaffrey got drafted ninth. Well, okay, let in me. The NFL, okay, here, but let me. Pinnacle. Right. I mean, granted, he could be a very good football player. Right. But the let odds me, of him being better. Go ahead. Let, let, let me make this point because I thought of this and I'm like, ah, I totally should have told this to Gerzak. What about the cars? Because David Carr is the number one overall pick. And if you said like, oh, Derek's going to be better. People would have been like, he was the number one overall okay, pick. First of all, it's a single sample size. Simple, single sample size. What right. about the Mannings? Peyton Manning? Eli yeah, Manning. That's another... Eli's vastly worse than, than Peyton. Well, a lot of people said that Eli was actually... <laughs> <laughs> the better quarterback, the better winner. But, he, um, you know, but I'm just saying, but like, it's not... It's really not, what matters is who's the better pitchman. And obviously Peyton's Peyton better. Manning is clearly the better He's much pitchman. more charismatic. Yeah, yeah. He's got Ab- his socks absolutely. up on the ottoman. Yeah. Telling you about insurance. Yeah. Anyway, that... Nationwide is on his side. <laughs> so he does have that going for him. All right. So we'll, So that was the McCaffrey thing. So, so I guess when we're doing this show in four years and Dylan McCaffrey's in the draft, yeah. we'll remember if episode 302. Yeah, if you're in the DB leagues, Debbie... Debbie, well, Debbie, Debbie. Yeah, Debbie. <laughs> Debo, Debbie, Debbie. Obviously, I don't do any Debbie leagues. You're not whipping those. <laughs> take, uh, take McCaffrey and take, take the 16 year old uh, Cook. No, he's, he's not 16. 17. He's 18. Oh, and he's only a junior. No, he he's a was well. Okay, so he turns 18 this this year, I guess, uh, is what what I would say. Whatever. <laughs> take him. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, let's talk about another one of your guys. Well, we don't have to talk about him here. McCullough uh, took Jamal Charles here in the fifth round. Oh, oh, what? Really? 
Yeah, I think they're pulling that. Pick oh, off okay. Them. At least I All think right. so. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, Christian, or excuse me, uh, Tyree Kill. <laughs> I got your boys confused there. Tyree Kill is the 403 pick tonight. Uh, to Mike Nazarick, and then uh, Allen Robinson is the third receiver drafted by McClellan Gonzalez there at the 404. Devontae Adams, uh, the pick here at the 405 to Tim McCullough. So that is his first receiver. His number one receiver, number two on his team. May not make a difference because Adams could have a baller contract season. Golden Tate, the second uh, receiver off the board here to uh, Bob McGilvery. Uh, Golden Tate paired with Doug Baldwin. Sammy Watkins. Goes to Darren Armani as his number two receiver here in the fourth, followed by another number two receiver for uh, Steve Rezus. That is Michael Crabtree here going at the 408. Carlos Hyde once again off the board to Jared Smola from Draft Sharks, which I think is interesting to say or talk about because uh, uh, Matt Schau, um drafted Carlos Hyde in the fourth round roughly in that same spot last night that he, I think he was the three or the four pick last night. Small is the four pick tonight. He grabs Carlos Hyde to go with Ty Montgomery there. Um, Martavis Bryant goes off the board to Kimra Schleicher at the four ten, followed by Alshon Jeffrey, the number two receiver drafted by Jay Myers from dynasty football warehouse. And then Terrell Pryor goes as the final pick of the fourth round here to Brad Kirkland as his number two receiver. So a lot of, lot of receivers go off the board this round. Uh, you're looking at nine uh, receivers in the fourth round. So here's what we're talking about, like more stacking the positions and then the runs coming. Usually you don't see a whole lot of runs with running back and receiver. We do tonight here in the fourth round. Uh, we see through four rounds, we already are looking at two teams with three receivers. That is Kimmer Schleicher and uh, Roger Gonzalez, Rich McClellan, Two FFPC Joes loading up on receiver here, Dave. And uh, no tight ends go off. Well, excuse me, uh, Jordan Reed was the first pick in the fourth round, but he's the only tight end to go off the board here and the fifth tight end off the board overall. Any surprises for you here in the fourth round? Is this the new spot for Carlos Hyde? I mean, is this where he's going, or is this simply the draft shark's bump of them trying to get him taken in the fourth round? Well, you know, one thing you can say is you don't need to pay for draft sharks, so you already know that, like Carlos Hyde. Right, yeah, clearly. Don't spend the money. Just take Carlos Hyde. You Did, have Draft Sharks breakout comeback player of the year. Um, I really don't know that, by the way. The, the Draft Sharks actually announced their comeback player of the year, I think, last week. Wasn't they, it? I, you know, I, I am a subscriber. I didn't read that article. I read, um, I read the first round bust article. That, then that just came out today. Yeah, first I'm not round revealing bust. that. That's yeah. premium content. Yeah. If you want to find that out, you know, Can I'm I, not saying David. Oh, nothing. I'll just say this. <laughs> I'll just say this. Their first round bust. He went in the first round tonight. He's such a knob. <laughs> I don't even know who it is, uh, but I'm just guessing that he, he went in the first round tonight. It's not David Johnson. That's all I'm telling you. I interrupted you when I asked you about any surprises yeah, here in the Mark fourth Davis round. Yeah, Bryant's a little bit of a surprise here in the 410 for uh, Kimra. I know you don't like him. You're right. I don't like yeah. him. And, uh, <laughs> Personally. He wearing the, he, he's, I'm sure he's a fine individual. Uh, goes in the mid-fifth usually, right? 510, actually, in this moment. Yeah. yeah. So that's an uh, uh, interesting selection by uh, Kimra, but you can't deny the upside. And again, only first place gets paid out in this format, a 2018 FFPC main event, and she knows she's going up against, she herself, a uh, returning pros versus Joe's champ, uh, she yeah. knows she's going up against three other ones in this draft, so you got to pick to win a little bit. I here. do respect Kimra's uh, really, truly, she drafts great, so uh, if, I could, if I see a few more awesome players like her drafting Brian, I might have to reconsider. No offense to you, Balkan. What, what do you mean awesome? Like awesome FFPC? Yeah, high stakes players. Oh, I, okay. if I, you know, if I'm in Kentucky and I see somebody else, if I, like the Cruz brothers, if they're all of a sudden I see them take Brian. Right. 
before the high the high society league or whatever the big payback that right. the girls got there, I might have to consider them a little. I I can tell I, you, I will let those people influence me a little bit because I do respect their uh, I respect their ability. Right, and you have no respect for mine. That's fine. I can't wait. Your to Your strategy is the suck. The yeah. suck strategy. Whatever. It's not the suck strategy. <laughs> the uh, I, I will tell you that two other noted high stakes players have been taking Martavis Bryant. Maybe not this early, but uh, definitely selecting him right in, in several drafts. Is that bad? Is that bad form for me to to you know parrot their picks? No, I think that's I winning, that's that. winning for him. That's the unsuck strategy. I don't, do that. I don't do that all the time. I just did it. You know, in, on a, if someone I really am not a big fan of, but these other guys that I really guys and girls are really taking somebody that uh, I'll. I'll, I'll go that direction. Okay. Uh, what we do do all the time on the show is take breaks. More after this on the HSFF Hour. Balky and the Dizzle, Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak, High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, covering the Pros versus Joes Division Number 6, Better Call Saul League tonight. We are through five rounds, but I know our analysis has been lacking in the fifth round. And if you like tight ends, there's a bunch of them here. And we talked about the tight end runs going in the fifth and sixth round. The fifth round tonight is where you are seeing the tight ends pop off the board. Uh, kicking things off here in the fifth round, Tyler Eifert to Brad Kirkland as his number two tight end. So the FFPC Joe drafting from the one spot has two tight ends through five rounds. Jarvis Landry, the third receiver selected by Jay Myers here at the 502, followed by the number one tight end for Kimra Schleicher, Zach Ertz uh, from Philadelphia is her selection there. Mark Ingram will be the third running back selected by Jared Smola. Ty Montgomery in the third, Carlos Hyde in the fourth, and Mark Ingram in the fifth here. The quarterback cherry has been popped. I apologize if that's in poor form to say on this show, but Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, given some of the stuff we talk about on this show, Aaron Rodgers goes at the 505 as the number one quarterback off the board. Certainly good value on Aaron Rodgers. Even at the quarterback position, you're looking at him normally going in FFPC best balls at the 310, so to fall in the uh, mid-fifth. Great job there. Uh, by team number five, who was uh, Steve Rezis, the FFPC Joe. Uh, Darren Armani cannot get enough tight ends on his squad. Kyle Rudolph is his third one selected oh, through five mean. rounds. That's just not very nice. So he gets, uh, he's like, look, you guys aren't going to take tight ends. I'm going to make you take tight ends. Kyle Rudolph is his number three tight end going in the fifth round tonight. Jameis Crowder, the third receiver selected by Bob McGilvray. And then uh, Jamal Charles, who we talked about, Tim McCullough takes him as his number two running back there. Uh, Spencer Ware. What's goes, his ADP? Jamal Charles. Or you started a... Significantly lower. <laughs> you kind of have giggled at the question. Spencer Ware. Uh, I'm not going to... Listen, he's the number one ranked pros versus Joe's player of all time. I'm not going to fault him. I think he might have... I think he timed out and then didn't tell Bryce. Who knows? Uh, Spencer Ware <laughs> is the number two running back selected by uh, Roger Gonzalez, Rich McClellan, uh, that uh, team up there. Uh, Spencer Ware going at the uh, 509 tonight, followed by a pair of tight ends. Delaney Walker goes to Mike Nazarick, and then Eric Ebron to Nolan Ortiz. Those guys are both uh, those players' number one tight ends this year. And then Danny Woodhead completing things here in the fifth round. He goes at the 5-12 as the number three running back to Scott Fishbowl, re- returning champion, uh, Ray Summerlin from RotoWorld.com. You like the RotoWorld, Dave? I like that website. Not too shabby. Yeah, it's it's a good one. I yeah, check it a lot. Solid writers over up in there. Evan Silva, one of the one of the best you heard on this show a couple of couple of weeks ago, or actually yeah. last Friday he was on this show. Bucky, <laughs> it seems like three months ago with all these broadcasts. It's all blurring together here. Speaking of blurring together, great great value. You know, I'm not going to uh, talk about uh, quarterbacks being great values in the fifth round, but Aaron Rodgers at the 505 tonight by Steve Rezas. Job well done, sir. You got the discount double check. Uh, what in the hell is Darren Armani doing? 
Uh, he has watched all these pros versus Joe's drafts. I don't know if anybody's had three tight ends through five rounds. Darren does it tonight. Certainly trying to corner the market here on tight ends. It's not a bad strategy. I mean, he totally got value on Olsen, and I don't think Rudolph, that sounds about right for him, too. It might even be late for I, I was going to say, well, for the pros versus Joe's, I mean, we've seen him go in the fourth yeah, round. We've seen him in the fourth round. Uh, a lot of times his ADP is 412 with, when it's the normal FFPC uh, best so ball I mean, draft. Still, you're still picking off like six, seven, uh, seven picks worth of value. You're tight end, which is tough to do. A half round, uh, you know, and I think what, what contributed to that a little bit is you're looking at Kyle Rudolph in the fifth round. There had only been six tight ends taken up until that point in the mid-fifth. So, I, you know, that certainly that's one way to capitalize on value and and that's what uh, what Darren Armani did there. Uh, no other surprises to me in, in that round. I mean, I, we talked about Jamal Charles, but uh, not, not going to fault the champ, Dave. Tim, <laughs> Tim McCullough knows what he's doing. Well, you never say mean things to him. Listen. That pick sucked. That was terrible. I said that there's – by the way, I, I don't know if we talked about this, but Chris Carlson last night, uh, the tickler, uh, FFPC Joe won, yeah, won a lot of money. When did he take his tight end? Round 21 was, this, was ah, when he took his first tight end. I, I can't remember. I just. Uh, well, how could you? He won't be on a roster in three weeks, probably. Well, you, never, you don't know about that. I don't know. Uh, Carlson, good job, buddy. That's that is, awesome. ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for our first hour of uh, of coverage here tonight on the Pros versus Joe's uh, draft number six. We uh, we have much more coming up in the second hour, including uh, hopefully some uh, player interviews. Some of these drafters tell us what that's going on. You are listening to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Pause 10 for station identifications. Welcome back to our number two of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour here covering the 2017 Final FFPC, Joe, uh, FFPC Pros versus Joe's Division Number 6 draft. It is the better call Saul division and uh, we have all the live action from everybody uh, making their picks here tonight uh, we are through five rounds the tight ends as we talked about uh, in the first hour finally are starting to come off the board here in the fifth we saw five of them going off the board uh, and uh, Dave Gerzak and I will are here to tell you about what happened in the sixth round and we'll go back to uh, the first pick of the sixth round and it was the fourth running back selected by Ray Summerlin. That was Tevin Coleman, uh, the number two running back for Atlanta. He is his number four running back to go with the Marco Murray, Marshawn Lynch, and Danny Woodhead. Julian Edelman uh, is the pick here at the uh, 602 to uh, Nolan Ortiz and FFPC Joe, followed by Larry Fitzgerald to Mike Nazarek. Larry Fitzgerald is his third receiver uh, that he has taken tonight. Emmanuel Sanders, the fourth receiver taken uh, by... Um, uh, Rich McClellan and Roger Gonzalez there at the nine spot. And the second t- uh, quarterback comes off the board in Tom Brady. Terrific Tom. Tom Terrific goes to Tim McCullough. Tim Terrific in this uh, format as he has won the overall competition before. Hmm. First first pro, by the way, ever to win this competition was Tim McCullough. So he goes with Tom Brady there. It's interesting how the, tight, the quarterbacks are kind of falling here. I th- I, yep. I th- this feels a little bit to me a little bit like a uh, – one of the big payback leagues in Kentucky where quarterbacks are like fall. And you know, granted that's a, that's a classic type format. So they fall, but not as they're, they're not going to fall as far here because it was D format, but because I don't know, just these types of drafters, four champions. I think that these people are all willing to wait on quarterback a little bit further than normal. Even for a D drafter, you're taking two or three of them. So yeah. we'll see if that trend continues. Tim Schleicher, uh, Jared Smola, uh, Mike Nazarek and uh, Tim McCullough, all returning champions. Uh, to this format, uh, they uh, they come in tonight and the quarterbacks are dropping. What do you make of Tim McCullough getting Brady here? Look who his second round pick was, Rob Gronkowski. That could pay dividends down the road if 
Gronk does have a massive season, you would think that Tom Brady has a lot to do with that. And uh, that can uh, put up a lot of points pretty fast here, Dave. Sure can. That's not, not bad. Hunter Henry, the number uh, one tight end taken by Bob McGilvray here. Uh, he goes in the sixth round, followed by a couple of running backs. Mike Gillisley to Darren Armani as his number one running back. Bilal Powell coming off the board to Steve Rezas right after that. Uh, Jared Smola has his number one tight end. It is indeed Martellus Bennett loading up on them Packers, Dave, with Ty Montgomery and Martellus Bennett both on his squad. Adrian Peterson pops off in the sixth round tonight, the 6'10 to Kimra Schleicher, uh, another saint, Dave. She drafted a former saint, and now she pairs that with a current saint. <laughs> what, what's with Adrian Peterson? I, I, know well, he, I don't want to talk about it. You talk about it. Well, okay, fine. I told you about my opinion about Peterson last night. No, I'm just curious because, like, it, it – it does seem like there is a lot of analysis out there from uh, a lot of guys in the industry that really like Peterson. And now we have six industry guys here tonight that let him slip again until the sixth round, the late sixth round, which is one of the later spots that we've seen him go in the really? pros versus Joe's. Yeah. His ADP for FFPC uh, best ball formats. He is normally going all, all the way down to the seven eleven. So you're saying he slipped to a spot that's oh, yeah, in his yeah. normal spot. I, I, guess, I guess my point would be uh, that because they, we've seen so many pros in these, they're, they're not usually letting him slip that far, and tonight they let him slip again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he slipped up. I think they're all slipping up and taking him too early. Kimra? I know you don't like Adrian Peterson. I don't though. like Adrian Peterson. I yeah. took him around early. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Stefan Diggs, the uh, penultimate player here in the sixth round to Jay Myers, and then uh, Willie Sneed. The final pick of the sixth round to FFPC, Joe Brad Kirkland is his number three receiver off the board. That is going to be a team we follow since he has one running back through six rounds. We'll have to see how he fills in the cracks there. Uh, Darren Armani finally gets his number one running back in this round in uh, Mike Gillisley, which is an interesting choice there, but it certainly could pay off big time given uh, those tight ends that he has already drafted. And uh, if Gillisley does have... Uh, you know, 70 or 80% of the season LeGarrette Blunt had last year. That's uh, that's not a bad way to go with that pick. Yeah, there's a little bit of risk there, but I, it's risk you like because of the way he did the other rest of the rest of his team, I should say. And Ray Summerlin down there, four running backs now on his squad through six rounds, only one receiver. Through now, three, yeah, through six. You, you only, I think he kind of overdid it a little bit with the running backs. You only, in this format, you only have to start two running backs, two receivers, and one tight end, and they get the two flexes. This is best ball, so you don't have to worry about starting guys. The problem I have with going so many running backs is that the, the drop-off at running back is so far and so fast and so furious that when you're taking a running back as your third and fourth running back, you are being a little bit conceited, no offense, but you're being conceited and saying that I'm picking these guys lower and lower and lower, but I think they're going to perform at a top 12 type rate. Even though they normally don't, when you take a look at, historically speaking, running backs 24 through 36 are just terrible. They're scoring like 120, 130, 140, 150 points. When you can get receivers there that are definitely going to score higher, I, I think that that's, you know, I just I don't, I don't really care for it. Although I like the I like the Woodhead pick. I like the Woodhead pick indeed there to, uh, to Ray Summerlin, as I do as well. Let's get through the uh, seventh round here, Dave. Theo Riddick uh, goes as the number two running back to Brad Kirkland here, followed by Frank Gore to Jay Myers, and then Derek Henry, Kimra Schleicher's uh, number three running back. And then uh, Jared Smola adds his number four running back in Amir Abdullah from uh, Detroit. Jason Witten is the number one tight end chosen by Steve Rezes here from the five spot at the 705. And then you have Eddie Lacy as the number two running back drafted by Darren Armani. So he pairs Gillisley and Lacy as his starting backfield after the three tight ends and the two receivers there. Doug Martin going off in the uh, mid-seventh here. 
uh, tonight, uh, right after the Eddie Lacy pick. And then you see John Brown, who I, Tim McCullough takes John Brown in the seventh round. And to me, that seems a little bit early from where he normally goes. Yeah, 10.04 normally. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Tim McCullough getting his guys tonight, and uh, that is his number two receiver in this format. Uh, I feel like when you say getting your guys, it, 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 you know, or they just put an equal sign reach. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I mean, <laughs> That's yeah. That's saying it's a reach. I'm not saying it's by ADP it is. Totally, yeah. yeah. But I'm not saying like I wouldn't have taken if I if I say he's getting his guys. That doesn't mean that's a reach. That that, that but reach by ADP. I'm not saying it's a bad pick. I'm not saying I wouldn't do that. Yeah, there. you don't say bad things about other. That's people. not true. I've said plenty of bad things about, about plenty, my picks. Plenty of bad. It, it, it happens. Okay, it does happen. You just got to listen for it. <laughs> you got to identify. Got to identify. All right, that's it, great. Good happen. job, Alki. Thank you. You're the best. Yeah, I really am. Jack Doyle. To uh, Roger Gonzalez, Rich McClellan right after that. Jack Doyle is their number one tight end, followed by Paul Perkins. Um, I've, get, I've been getting some feedback from listeners saying that Paul Perkins actually uh, is a guy you, – you ripped on him quite a bit um, in, the, in his rookie year. Yeah. And, I, and I was saying that there's something there. They have Through something. Through the offseason. All the way up to the draft. We had a bet that I lost. Right, yeah. The Giants – Stupidly didn't they, take a running back during the biggest running back class of all time. They annoyed they did, Paul they, Perkins. As no, they the did leader. take a running back. Yeah, Gallman. Yeah. He sucks. And he, they took him in the fifth. You needed them to take a running back in the first three rounds. <clears throat> Free to win the bet. I'm a little jaded, yeah. admittedly. Yeah. But anyway, you, were, you had a point. Well, my point out. was, like, some people are saying, like, I think Dave likes Paul Perkins now. For, cause, and I don't know if it's just you haven't you, – you totally I, negged him so bad uh, initially that – Yes, now that, we're dating? Well, yeah. <laughs> But that he's, That's he's, a dating trick, you know. I, I'm well aware. Um, you, uh, <laughs> the girls have been nagging you for years, and I, I, finally I, they yeah, came around. Yeah, just I, my wife, uh, <laughs> she, nagged she, she nagged me to, to the altar. And it <laughs> That's works. pretty funny. It works. That's pretty funny. So, um, but yes. the people are saying you like Paul Perkins this year. Is that true? Do you like him? Do you like him like him? I kind of, you know. In the, Check yes or no. In the seventh round, I do like him. Absolutely. Why not? It's a, it's a, it's a decent offense. You have Eli Manning. You have great wide receivers. I mean, they're not going to put eight in the box. You think they're going to put eight in the box with Brandon Marshall, Odell Beckham, Shepard, Ingram even will be running around out there. Yeah. I think Perkins could have a fine year just because I don't necessarily agree that he's a talented player. I mean, I'd, maybe he runs for, you know, five yards of carry. I mean, I, I've been wrong before, but I actually like, I like the situation he's in. Why not? And you can get Gallman for cheap. If you decide you're uh, handcuffing, why not take him too? Yeah, you can get Gallman very cheap in this format. Do you – you don't – you're, you don't really go after handcuffs too much when you draft it, do you? In draft experts, I, I do, especially if I'm a little bit – draft experts, I tend to not go super crazy at wide receiver – or at, I'm sorry, running back. So I will a lot of times – like if I had Nazarek's team, I would be all right taking Gordon, Freeman, Perkins, and maybe Gallman, and then a couple of really scrappy, crappy guys in like the 20th round. And, right. and pretty much just hoping that those three guys don't get hurt. But then trying to be really good everywhere else. But those are the those are the risks you have to take when when you have to finish in first. Yeah. Like second gets you nothing. So I mean th- that every makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and every once in a while, if you have an injury, that you may not have an RB two if there's a bye week or something like that. But it's okay. Now people will point to well, Tim McCullough had one tight end and he won it. So don't tell me that everything has to go right for you. It doesn't. Yeah. But uh, then, you can, then you can get some wide if you're stacking running backs and re- if you're stacking receivers, I should say, along with some tight ends, you can get some huge weeks. Like can get, he can get uh, big weeks out of Allen and Tyree Kill. Yeah, and fits here. heavy target. Tyree Kill's getting some good uh, good pub out of Kansas City camp too. No surprise there, Balky. Well, not to you, but maybe to others. <laughs> uh, let's get uh, the pick after uh, Paul Perkins tonight. 
was uh, Devontae Parker to uh, Nolan Ortiz as his number four receiver. And then Pierre Garçon, a, a guy I believe went in the seventh round last night. Ray Summerlin takes him in the seventh round tonight. You were of the opinion that it was too early last night, but maybe uh, it, it's just a case of Pierre Garçon is creeping up draft boards. He's going to get a ton of targets, Bulky. I got I to gotta admit that. He is, uh, I mean, it's going at the 710 and FFPC best ball ADP. So as far as, you know, where he normally goes, uh, that so seems he, about accurate. He needed wide receivers. And actually, I think he got some nice, actually for him, that's a good value, Garcon and uh, Kelvin Benjamin. We have one team in this format uh, who does not have a tight end yet. We'll have to see what he does. Uh, we're going to take another uh, break. Uh, when, we, when we come back, we'll tell you uh, the results of the eighth round as we uh, get into the second third of this DE format here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I am Eric Balkman. He is Dave Gerzak. And this is, of course, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour rolls on here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Our final pros versus Joe's coverage uh, of uh, 2017, division number six. It is, of course, the Better Call Saul League. uh, And we are covering it for you live here uh, on blogtalkradio.com slash HSFF. Through seven rounds, let's uh, briefly talk about the eighth round here and tell you what happened. Uh, the first pick was, of course, Kelvin Benjamin, the number three receiver for Ray Summerlin. Uh, Terrence West, the number three running back, going to Nolan Ortiz at the 802. Drew Brees right after that at the 803 to Mike Nazarick as his number one quarterback. C.J. Anderson uh, followed by LeGarrette Blunt here at the 804 and 805. Russell Wilson is Bob McGilvray's number one quarterback. And then you see uh, Jeremy Macklin go to Darren Armani as his number three receiver. Like that value on Jeremy Macklin, not necessarily uh, in the eighth round because that's r- roughly where he is going, but for uh, Armani to get Macklin there with his start as, uh, his, as his number three receiver, that makes a lot of sense there. Kenny Britt going to Steve Reeses as his number three receiver. Uh, Then you see Deshaun Jackson going to Jared Smola here as his number three receiver. The first receiver he's drafted since round two, Ben Roethlisberger going at the 8-10 tonight to Kimra Schleicher as her number one quarterback. Dante Moncrief and Tyrell Williams, a couple of receivers are the final picks of the eighth round. Dave, kind of interesting to me, and, and I don't know, maybe this is just a case of of the other guys having uh, their warts get a little bit bigger at the quarterback position, but you don't see Ben Roethlisberger going as the number five quarterback too often in these formats, and you're seeing him go to a returning champ, a woman who has won a ton of cash playing high-stakes fantasy football. What do you make of Ben Roethlisberger going to her there? Well, you know, it's an interesting choice. I mean, if, if she believes in Martavis Bryant, she should believe in Big Ben. So I think that you get that... Second, hook sec, secondary hookup, you know, if, if uh, Antonio Brown, maybe Antonio, maybe she's hoping Antonio Brown gets hurt or, get, or bust or whatever, but I guess that'd be bad for Big Ben. Uh, I think she likes the Steelers' offense, and uh, I think she'll be all right with Big Ben. Yeah. At she, least he doesn't have to worry about, he's not going to be on the preseason pup list. <laughs> that's, that's, or uh, the in-season pup list. Yeah, that's too. Boy, we're going to get into that in the next round. But Ben Roethlisberger normally going as the QB12 in this format. He goes as the QB5 tonight, which is normally, honestly – where he had been going, maybe not last year, but majority of his career, he's been right floating around as, yeah. as a top five option. So he goes there again. But, but that is, it is admittedly early for him. She, there's a chance. There's a chance she could have gotten him in the uh, tenth round, even not in, not only the ninth. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure she would have gotten him in the ninth. There's a slim chance in the tenth. Probably not. Probably not. I mean, so I would have said I would have said wait till the nine oh three. It, it kind of depends. She, she would have gotten P Ryan anyway. You know, so it's it's fine. Yeah. She, if she on P Ryan and then Big Ben, what's the difference? Don't make me slap your hand I'm for sorry, announcing I keep, picks that I've, haven't. I've, I've been I haven't doing that. I did it with Benjamin too on you. 
Does that uh, really bother you? I'm gonna no, it doesn't. That. I was just being a jerk. <laughs> Like normal. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, the, the fifth quarterback taken tonight. So And, and you, again, you, you talk about the Steelers' offense this year. Le'Veon Bell's back, uh, we think, as long as he you know comes into k- uh, camp without holding out. You have J.J. Uh, – I always call him J.J. Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster as what we think is probably going to be the number three receiver there. And Martavis Bryant coming back off the suspension. And if he, he is as good as his uh, as a lot of drafters think his uh, as he will be this year, Certainly that makes Ben Roethlisberger a much more attractive pick here. Dave, we, we have about 20 seconds here. I don't think that there's anything else I want to talk about. The show's about. over? No, we'll talk about for the eighth round. Tyrell Williams, uh, I think it's important to point out, he keeps sneaking up again. You don't have to say anything about that, but he sneaks up to the final pick sneaky. of the eighth round. Very, very sneaky. Sneaky, sir. Uh, we're going to come back right after this on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. More live draft coverage here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak, we are the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, and we're so glad that you have tuned in tonight uh, to listen to our live draft coverage of the Pros versus Joes Division Number Six Better Call Saul League. If you are not familiar with our uh, show, it normally airs Friday nights at 10, 9 Central. You can always catch the replay. Fantasy Sports Radio Network starting uh, Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We're on, actually on three different times over the weekend, but that is the first replay you can hear us. Uh, we're on the overnight, so any of you truck drivers or uh, anybody with insomnia, definitely check us out uh, 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 in the middle of the night on Saturday. Or, or if you're winding down your Sunday evening, you can listen to us then. Uh, if you want to stream us on terrestrial radio throughout North America, you can definitely do that as well. Uh, we are on demand at iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Spreaker, and Overcast as well. Uh, we do the live show on blogtalkradio.com slash hour. And shameless plug, if you like our show and you are a long-time listener, go to podcastawards.com. Go ahead and nominate us uh, for uh, Best in Sports or the People's Choice Award, which we are both uh, listed in the categories for. We'd certainly appreciate it. And uh, we'll throw a massive party in your honor if we're able to, uh, to take down that award. This I promise you. I also promise you we're going to get some more live draft coverage here as we enter the ninth round here, Dave, uh, tonight. Hey, I have a question. Was I supposed to register for that and vote for us? Are we allowed? Yeah, you can, definitely. No, I didn't do that. Oh, fantastic. You, you still can. It takes two minutes. I would suggest that you do it. Is it is it per name or per email? You got a bunch of fake Hotmail accounts you've been registering for? Yeah, I already have a click farm in uh, <laughs> in uh, Pakistan that's uh, taking care. Of. Is that where they always are? What's the what's the uh, Bangladesh? Maybe it's Bangladesh. Yeah, Bangladesh is, Bangladesh is Pakistan, the big. Bangladesh, they're, uh, it's all not USA. Yeah. So that's yeah the Facebook friend farms. There's USA and everyone else. Hashtag USA and not USA. You know what's funny is hashtag America. In the chat room, I was asking about you know, league names for the FFPC main events, trying to, you know, oh, yeah. crowdsource. And uh, Shane Hallen said, countries of the world. And I said, we had considered in the past. And now Shane said, superheroes, which was your that idea. That was my idea, yeah. Shane, my problem with superheroes is I, I hate superheroes. Yeah. I don't like superhero movies. You like the new Spider-Man movie. I like certain, I like, you know, actually, and the Wonder Woman was actually pretty yeah, good. Yeah, Wonder too. Woman was but great. But I like to hate superheroes, so I'm, I'm so, and I like Deadpool, so I guess that's it. Right. So that's three leagues. Three leagues? Yeah. Green Hornet, four. Yeah, we could, Superman, Batman. It's an interesting order that you're picking these off in. <laughs> so you said, Wonder Twin Powers, you said, Deactivate. You said Green Hornet, and then you said Superman, and then you said Batman. I was just thinking Did you like the Green Hornet movie with no, Seth I was, Rogen? I was just thinking of stuff. Aquaman. Yeah, Aquaman. From Entourage. The Flash. So that's like 10. Yeah. How many... We need we 120. Could do it. We could honestly... You know what we could but do? You had, they can't be the obscure ones. Like, the, we were talking about car brands. Right. And Bryce. Stupid Bryce. Auto engineer stupid, Bryce. Stupid, by the way. Yeah. He's like, oh, there's there's 120 car brands. Sure, if you talk about some 
Russian brand that no one's heard of. Yeah, no one wants to be in the Lada League or whatever. Right. That, and that's one you've even heard of. Yeah. Um, what we could do is if we did do superheroes, and you know, to not get the obscure ones, we could have all the online leagues be superheroes, and then the live leagues could be supervillains. So we could have the Joker League, the Penguin League, the Lex Luthor you know, League. This fantasy football is nerdy enough already without getting super uber nerdy with all the comic book crap. Let's get super uber nerdy with the ninth round here tonight. Kicking things off is Brad Kirkland, the FFPC Joe, grabbing Cam Newton as his number one quarterback in the ninth. Cam continues to slip, Dave. Doesn't the fact that Christian McCaffrey keep get, you know, making headlines and, and uh, taking all these screen passes and, and uh, you know, doing this in, these insane plays in training camp. Doesn't this bode well for Cam Newton? Yes. I mean, what, why is he continuing to slip? Is it just because everybody thinks his rushing stats are going to be non-existent this year? That might be part of it. But, I mean, you know, how many times, is, if, you know, even if they're doing this whole thing, they can fake it to Stewart, fake the throw to McCaffrey on the right flat, and then, you know, Newton does this typical thing where he, you know, tucks it down by his hip and he runs in for a one-yard touchdown on the left side. They do it all the time. Yeah, they do. That's true. That's there, a there's good point. Six, there's going to run that six times throughout the season. That's six touchdowns right there. Book it. I don't think I've ever owned Cam Newton before, and I think I'm probably going to get him in a lot of drafts this year. I drafted him in a couple leagues last year. I wasn't happy with it. Obviously, he didn't yeah. do well. But I've drafted him in other leagues. He's fantastic to own when he's on. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a little worried because I actually, you know, you and I work for the FFPC and, and uh, well, you, you're co-founder of it. But... Don't worry, it, I still work for it. It, it takes, but it takes up a <laughs> this monolith that I can't okay. control. It takes up a lot of our time. This is not like our our primary job or whatever. It's yes, a labor it of love. Well, this time of year it is. But you look at um, fuck you, dynasty. It is how busy we are, and I'm nervous because I I joined another uh, fantasy league uh, yesterday actually, and I counted up how many I'm in this year. I'm gonna be in twelve, and there's a lot of managed leagues. Yeah, and there's gonna be a lot of uh, high stakes owners out there that like ah twelve. That's nothing. I'm in three hundred. But, like, 12 leagues is going to be a challenge for me this year. I worked so hard to get out of a bunch of them, and now I'm just adding them all up again. Well, you know, well, I guess we'll see what you do. Yeah, you, we you, know, you should really use some of that management software. Like, uh, Football Guys has some software to help you manage multiple teams. I, I actually use that. Uh, Fantasy Pros is another one of my favorites. I use that. You use them both? Yes. You pay for both? Maybe. Yeah, I do, actually. Um, so you upload your teams to both? I may have done a lot of commissioning for the Football Guys <laughs> Players Championship and was rewarded with uh, – a membership to football guys. So I may not be paying for that what, one. What a joke. Yeah. But, uh, you shouldn't get anything free. I do utilize both of them. So yeah, they're, they're, you know, football guys, I mean, they, you get an you know, analysis as well, which is great. And of course I always use the draft dominator for all my drafts, Footballguys.com. Check it out. Uh, the Dunsinator. That's I'm never calling it that. Ever. <laughs> I don't think I've ever called the Dunsinator in front of Dodds, but if I did, he would laugh. Actually, He, he, he probably would. So would Joe Bryant too, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really good day. I'm, I'm going to start using that. Yeah. When I talk about that with people, I'm, I just, uh, that's really good. <laughs> don't say that ever again. Yeah. Let's go get some barbecue. <laughs> you know, Joe's great. He is. Uh, but Joe Bryan, David Dodds, two of the best people in the industry. Julius Thomas is the uh, 902 pick tonight. Samaji Piran right after that to Kimra Schleicher. Andrew Luck, the potentially pupped Andrew Luck. Woof, woof. Going to Jared Smola here at the 904. There is, there's whispers going around, Dave, that he might start the season, not on the preseason pup, but on the regular season pup, which would knock him out for a significant portion of the early part of the season. Smola gets him in round nine. If he's not pupped, if he's there week one, it's a good value. Well, the other thing is, this is a draft experts format. Who's their backup? Tolzien? When do you think Tolzien's going to take him? Now, I mentioned him. He's going to still go late. You know, Smola can take him to the 24th and still snipe up all the other people who thought they'd be you know, funny and, and take Tolzien in the 25th, 
27, 28. He's fine. Who else are you taking in the 24th? It doesn't matter. So you lock up that offense, and uh, you're fine. Tolzien is actually pretty solid. So I don't mind the pick in a DE-style format. Even if he's out a few weeks, I think it'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, Henry Muto just child-pleased me in the chat room because he's going to be in well over 100 leagues this year. And he's like, 12, child-pleased. <laughs> totally right, man. I am, I am not cut out for managing as many teams as, as a lot of the FFPC players do. And cocktails and dreams, that is the understatement of the century. What? What? Oh, Chad. I mean, <laughs> oh, Chad Schroeder? Yeah, I think he manages a few. Yeah, two or three. Thousand. Um, let's move on and talk about uh, Cameron Meredith. He was the next uh, pick right after uh, Andrew Luck. He goes to Steve Reese's. Uh, Brandon Marshall is the number four receiver selected by Darren Armani. Good job there by getting Brandon Marshall as your number four receiver when you you know concentrate on tight ends and running backs. Absolutely. Back CJ Proceis, excuse me, is the number four running back here, taken by Bob McGilvray. Eric Decker, the number three receiver for Tim McCullough. Duke Johnson, the number four running back, taken by Gonzalez McClellan at 9.09. And then Adam Thielen to Mike Nazarek. Mike Nazarek has four receivers. Thielen is the fourth one. Kareem Hunt, the penultimate pick of round 11, followed by Kobe Fleener as the number two tight end for Ray Summerlin. All these smart people taking Fleener. Maybe I was a, I was a year early on him, Dave. <laughs> it might have been just a tad early. Fleener, you never know. You know honestly, the, the funny thing is, is uh, Fleener's been, it feels like he's been in the NFL forever. But, uh, you know, this is the second year with the Saints. You know, they they did lose Cooks. There was some yep, targets they had. had. So, I mean, it's, it, it, ha, ha, ha. Right. Maybe he'll be all right. Now, the, the, the easy analysis would be like, well, they, they don't, clearly Cooks and Fleener were not running complimentary well they were running complimentary routes they but they were not running similar routes yeah. and uh so a lot of people say like fleener's not going to get those um, somebody is you know somebody somebody's, somebody's going to get the targets now, it, it, Ted Ginn Ted Ginn's not going to get as many targets no. as Cooks I like Sneed Sneed is is yeah. the I feel the need the need for Sneed <laughs> that's my on the, way, uh, the Darren Armani pick with Marshall let's keep in mind that he has Odell Beckham in the first round so that's a nice little pairing for him yeah the getting uh, all he needs is clearly the better Manning uh, getting him and then locking He's up that giant passing game. Uber hookup. He doesn't have a quarterback yet. So is that what it's called, the Uber hookup? When you have two receivers? Yeah, don't there? you know that? I just made it up. What if it's three receivers and the quarterback? Oh, that's, oh, that, that's a, I don't know. The me- mega hookup. Yeah. Something like that. The Penalta hookup. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely not it. Uh, but I like where your head's at. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, so getting on into the uh, 10th round here after Fleener, Marcus Mariota, of course, the number one 2017 quarterback going to Ray Summerlin. Uh, there at the first pick of the 10th round, the number three quarterback for 2017, Jameis Winston. These are by the bulky projections, by the way. Jameis Winston is the number one quarterback taken by um, Nolan Ortiz. C.J. Fedorowicz is backing up Delaney Walker for Mike Nazarick here. And Cam Brait doing the same thing for Jack Doyle on Gonzalez and McClellan's team. Corey Coleman off the board to Tim McCullough as his number four receiver here in the mid-tenth, followed by Randall Cobb, um, the number four receiver for uh, Bob McGilvery. James White going off the board once again in the tenth round tonight. Uh, we've seen him go in the tenth round in so many drafts, and it happens again tonight. There's another pairing. Darren Armani pairs Mike Gillisley with James White. Who's the Patriots running back? Who cares? I'm going to get them all, says exactly. Darren Armani. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's so great. Austin Hooper is the backup tight end to um, – uh, Steve Reese's team here at the uh, 10.08. Mike Wallace uh, being selected by uh, Jared Smola right after that. Did you have a comment on the Austin Hooper pick, Dave? No, I was actually just noticing I'm chewing on this Rio pen. I really like I like that I have a, a pen from the Rio. Oh, you know what? You like Austin Hooper. I, I do think like Austin him. Hooper with Witten, I will say that's for for kind of garbagey tight ends, it's not, it's not too bad. In my opinion, Hooper might be the better guy. 
Well, I mean, two. the thing is you get study Eddie Wood and you have Hooper who could be great. Not great, I guess. He could be pretty good or he could be terrible, but at least you're going to get Witten's points no matter what. And then you still have, there's still plenty. I mean, you're only in the 11th round. You have plenty of options still coming up. Uh, moving on, O.J. Howard right after Mike Wallace uh, to Kim Schleicher. O.J. Howard is her number two tight end. Jared Cook is the number two tight end for Jay Myers. And uh, skinny Rob Kelly is the last pick of the 10th round, the number three running back taken by Brad Kirkland. I'm just counting teams up here, Dave. Through 10 rounds, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams with at least two tight ends. Eight teams with at least two tight ends right now and I believe now finally everybody has at least one tight end it's going to be uh, very crucial to uh, these other teams that are trying to fill in that second and third tight end to make sure that they can uh, you know be competitive at that position all season long as we move on into the 11th round here Uh, before we get into the 11th round analysis we're going to take a quick break here Eric Balkman Dave Gerzak on the high stakes fantasy football hour on the fantasy sports radio network EB and DG, Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour covering the Pros versus Joes Division Number 6, Better Call Saul Division uh, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Are you all caught up on Better Call Saul, by the way? Uh, no, I'm not. But you know what? I'm realizing no one's calling in. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to start talking a little more crap about these teams and tell yeah. them how bad they are. Yeah, we could definitely them do into calling in. Now, it, I, I dare you to call in because your teams are about to start getting worse. I will say... Um, that one uh, player said he was going to be calling me in the final half hour of the show, which is fine. Uh, and then uh, another player, Darren Armani, said he wouldn't be calling in tonight because he was, he was on the air for like 70 minutes uh, previous yeah, night. Everyone's sick of him. I'm not. No, they're not sick of him. But this is, uh, <laughs> this is uh, uh, totally fine that he's not calling in. But, yeah, if anybody else wants to give us a call, or even if you're not drafting tonight and you want to talk about the draft, 346-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. Uh, you can uh, definitely hop on the blower, as the kids say, the kids in the 60s, and uh, get on the air and talk a uh, little fantasy football, little pros versus Joe's analysis tonight. Let's uh, talk about the 11th round. There's a lot of quarterbacks uh, going off the board here. Well, actually, before we get to the 11th, was there anybody else you wanted to talk about in round 10? And I'm thinking maybe Corey Coleman, Tim McCullough's pick, you might want to discuss there because I know you're a fan of his. And actually, the, the news coming out of Cleveland has been good with uh, Corey Coleman lately. Yeah, actually, I got Corey Coleman in that uh, Taylor Young league. I think I got him a little bit later in the 10th round. I don't have the league up or anything because I don't just care that much about it. But I think I got him in the 11th or 12th. Who cares? Uh, yeah, they're saying he's looking good. His hamstring injury, the only reason he's falling quite that far was due to the hamstring thing. Everybody's concerned about the hamstring. Yeah. They said he's totally fine and he's flashing in camp. And it's like, all right, if he's flashing, if the hamstring's gone, now let's reevaluate. This is a guy who got drafted super early. Uh, they got rid of Terrell Pryor or let him go, whatever you want to call it. He's the number one receiver on that team. Like, or you could argue Kenny Britt is, I guess. But I think it's Coleman. And uh, he's very talented, very fast, very quick. I think he's the guy. I mean, I think that's so cheap. Why not take him there? You, like, you would rather have Coleman over Cobb, who went back-to-back there between those two. To be truthful, if I had to choose between John Brown or Corey Coleman, who went three rounds earlier to the same player, I would take Coleman. As I, if, you had to, if, if I had to choose between who's going to score more fantasy points, I would say Coleman versus Brown It's like 50-50. And Coleman clearly is. Um, Would you be willing to take John Brown for five bucks and I got five on it? I mean, I'm, I'm honestly, I think it's pretty close. I think it is close too. I don't know how. I mean, I do like Brown, but I, you, I think you've kind of turned me on to Coleman a little bit, so I wouldn't feel confident enough. If you wanted to, in the in being a good sport, I would put five on. No, it's fine. More fantasy points. No, it's, it's up fine. to you. Okay, all right. Uh, no other picks I want to talk about in the 10th round, Dave. You don't, I mean, I would do it, but usually you have to, I want you to be more animated in your bets. Well, the thing, like I could, the problem is I can't be animated with this because I could easily see Coleman outscoring Brown. Yeah. So you know what I mean? I mean Brown, Brown is already dinged up by the way too. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. 
whatever. Uh, <laughs> anybody else you want to talk about here in the tenth round? Um, not necessarily. Nobody, nobody's I mean, really catching my eye. Yeah, the tight. I mean, these these tight ends are all. They have some upside, and they all have some downside. Yeah, five tight ends go off the board here in the 10th round. Jared Cook, O.J. Howard, Austin Hooper, Cameron Brake, C.J. Fedorowicz. I know who my favorite tight end is in the 10th round. Who's yours? Um, Putting on the spot. Probably Fedorowicz. I like Hooper best uh, in there. And, you know, uh, hey, listen, this is everybody's like, oh, my God, it's the kiss of death. Bulky liking uh, 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 NFC South tight end. Here we go down the Fleener Road, only they renamed it Hooper Boulevard. Well, yeah, Brayton Howard, you figure they might cancel each other out to some extent. Although I would probably lean, I mean, I know Brayton's, you know, whatever, but Howard's the super uncoverable guy. Yeah. I would probably lean towards Howard in that, out of those two. Um, but, you know, Fedorowicz actually, he produces. Signa callers are cheap here in the 11th round as they are flying off the board. A lot of pink stickers here in the 11th round in this pros versus Joe's draft. Brad Kirkland uh, takes his backup quarterback. Phillip Rivers here at the 1101. Matt Ryan goes at the 1102, followed by Eli Manning. So three straight quarterbacks to kick off uh, 11, the 11th round. Eli Manning backing up Roethlisberger. Matt Ryan is actually the first quarterback taken by Jay Myers, and uh, Phillip Rivers is the second taken by Brad Kirkland. We talk about, Dave, not going tight end and quarterback early in drafts because it can really handicap you for building depth after that. Exactly why this is be tough to evaluate these teams because none of these guys did that stupid, I mean, that interesting move. <laughs> well, look, we'll look at Jay Meyer's squad. What do you make of him uh, not taking any other position other than back and receiver until round nine? So he avoided both positions until the mid-rounds. You know, I, I think that it, it might hamper him at tight end. I mean, by waiting until 9 and 10, because so it, there is a lot of demand for that position, inherently you're going you're gonna to falter. You're going to not have as, as good of players. He's going to need someone to, he's gonna need Thomas to stay healthy. It doesn't seem like that's even feasible. <laughs> yes, the Dolphins are going to need that as well. Uh, Corey Davis uh, is the 1104 pick tonight, followed by Marvin Jones to Steve Reeses. The number one quarterback in 2017, Kirk Cousins. Uh, or excuse me, the number two quarterback in 2017, <laughs> Sorry, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. What are your rankings, guys? Mariota, Mariota, Cousins, Winston. I'm going to keep calling Mariota. And, and Mariota, one, Cousins, and Winston. Oh, yeah, and I haven't, I haven't done the rest of my projections Wouldn't it be, wouldn't be amazing if that was, that's how it happened? It's, that is how it's going to happen, so it's not going to be all, all that amazing. If you go to uh, Eric Balkman Fantasy Football Analysis 2017 awesomeprojections.org, you can uh, <laughs> check out that uh, website and, and see the only three projections that are up is uh, my top three quarterbacks. Nice. Like the rest, that. I'll spill those out probably. I'll roll those out October, November when I get you, some more time. You've read your one of one free articles for the month. Yeah. And, and, the, pay, subscribe. and the paywall goes up August 15th. <laughs> So get in now, otherwise you'll have to, you know, I'll have to... We'll, we'll send a worm through your... Blast uh, out your eardrums on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Quincy Anun with a pick after Kirk Cousins to Bob McGillivray, and then uh, Kevin White to Tim McCullough after that. Kevin White, uh, the number five receiver taken by the Roto expert. Andy Dalton and Matthew Stafford uh, go to Gonzalez McClellan and Nazarick right after that. And then uh, two more quarterbacks, Derek Carr to Nolan Ortiz, Dak Prescott to Ray Summerlin as his backup. So how many quarterbacks is that? 2, 4, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. 17 quarterbacks, and Dak Prescott is QB 17. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he is. Talk about how – I mean, I can't believe how deep quarterback is. I know I, we say it every year, but Dak Prescott is QB 17. He's a second-year player with upside and a possibly suspended lead running back with a great offensive line, and he runs the ball. So he's got a high floor and a pretty high ceiling. I mean, 
these two quarterbacks, Marcus and Dak Prescott, I mean, they both – I'm just shocked. I can't believe. Yeah. Why? When you look at you look at Aaron Rodgers in the fifth, you think it's a great value. Well, take a look at these two picks in the tenth and eleventh. You know what, Rodgers isn't that great of a value. I was going to say Rodgers is looking less as a as a value there. You uh, look at this round, Dave. Nine receivers go in round four. Eight quarterbacks go off the board in round eleven. I always like putting you on the spot here. Give me your favorite quarterback of round eleven, or did you already with Prescott between Rivers, Ryan, Manning, Cousins, Dalton, Stafford. Carr, Prescott. Which one is your favorite? Well, I guarantee you I'm going to be wrong because if, if I'm choosing out of this many... No, it's not, it's not a right or wrong proposition. It's just which one you like best right now. you got to get I, ready I, for Kentucky. I think, I, think, is... I think Prescott was definitely the best value. I mean, he went the last out of all those guys, and I think that was a great pick. I like the Cousins pick, and I think Matt Ryan's a good, obviously a nice pick there, too. Darren Armani's been listening to all the PVJ coverage we've had this summer, and uh, he knew that he wanted to get the number one quarterback on this team, and he did. But to, to, to wait on quarterback until the 11th round you know, DE and take Cousins is great. Uh, you still uh, off Kevin White right now? Uh, I mean, even oh, late in a DE format? I couldn't be more off of him. Really? I think you could. Even the, even the team is... I think you could find a way to dislike Kevin White even more than you do right now. I'm not a fan. I own him on one dynasty team. I, I, I don't even, I'm not even offering him out for trade. I feel bad like offering him. What, what would you take uh, in... I don't know, future second in any, all day long. Future third, if somebody offers you that? For, like a uh, bad team? Probably not. Yeah, okay. Probably not. I mean, that's just, that's, then I just feel bad for myself and I'll... How poor of a pick that was. Why did you take Kevin White? Was he just like the last guy on that tier in that dynasty league, or did you acquire him as a throw in a trade or something? I don't remember what I don't no. remember what it was. Okay. Uh, okay. So obviously, I, I've, I've tried to get purge that out of my memory. To, so to answer my question in that round, uh, obviously my favorite quarterback is Kirk Cousins because he will be the number one quarterback this year. Obviously, maybe Aaron Rodgers is actually my number four. Put it up that way. Very nice. Tough to be Aaron. It's it's honestly when when you when when uh, the Packers are featuring fantasy's number two overall running back this year, it's tough for Rodgers to finish as the number one. Michael conventional, whatever. Yeah, uh, let's get into the twelfth round here. One of my favorite players uh, as far as value goes this year, Ray Summerlin takes here the twelve oh one. It's Robert Woods. So Eric, tell me, I'm gonna I'm gonna be you. Okay. Tell me why I like Robert Woods this year. Because I mean, I'm just really interested to see what you think. He hasn't done anything in his career. Right. Went to USC. Was a total underperformer. Yeah. Switched teams, and now here he is. What do you think? In in certain games in Buffalo, he had flashed. I mean, he had flashed uh, some pretty good chops, putting up some good numbers on a run-first offense there. And, and honestly, a team that he was never really the focal point of that passing offense. And then what happens? The Rams need a playmaker. They go out and they pay him. They paid him a lot of money. Uh, and I don't. I, th- I think we've seen what Tavon Austin can do, and he cannot be a number one receiver in the NFL. He's a gadget player. And then you look at Robert Woods. This is a guy who maybe could. A gadget could. player with a great no, agent. No, I don't. Great, Robert, uh, listen, Robert Woods is no, not a gadget player. No, Tim Austin's a gadget player okay. with a great agent. With a great, because he got paid that, ex, that yeah. extension that he got or whatever Excellent it was. Agent. Yeah. Hey, Farrell, no offense, who, but his agent's great. Who is his agent? You know what, I'm going to look it up. You know, I'm going to look it up because on national radio, I'm going to give this guy credit. Yeah. So uh, to finish my Robert Woods thought, uh, I, I think that you follow the money. You understand that they need people catching passes out there. And when people say, well, you know, uh, maybe it's not Robert Woods. He's catching passes out there. And, they, and the reply is it's going to be Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby. I kind of call a little bit of BS on that because I think Woods will be a significant 
uh, player in uh, a significant fantasy player in that offense. And here he goes to Ray Summerlin in the 12th round. Ray Summerlin, who knows a lot more about fantasy football than I do, winning the Scott Fishbowl last year. Uh, he's got, uh, I believe, he's up to 300 million followers on Twitter. Uh, so he clearly knows uh, what's going on. Did you find the agent for Tavon Austin? Uh, I'm still kind of looking. I thought, I, this I, guy doesn't want his name up there, I, apparently. I clicked on something that said that you can book uh, Tavon Austin through athletespeakers.com ah. so you can come and speak at your live event. All right. And let me just, I'm gonna, you know what, I'm going to uh, ruin something here for the main event for us okay. and for our live events. Uh, Tavon Austin will not be, at, uh, uh, not be appearing. Too bad. Too bad. However, so bad. Mike Tyson will be, so come check it out. Mike Tyson, really? Yeah. Will he be at PH? Yeah, he's going to bring a tiger. And then, you know, the whole cast from, like, The Hangover is coming over. Oh. And they're going to just hang out. This is fantastic news. Yeah, I just figured I'd break it. Yeah. Oh, well, the, the last year of the FFPC <laughs> as we uh, spend $400,000 yeah, on, listen, we can on live events. Spend money uh, donating to the Small Businesses of Fantasy Sports Trade Association to make sure we get good legislation. Let's bring in Mike Tyson and a tiger instead. Well, you know, Dustin Asprey just came on, and he's not running our organization, so... Uh, that's, that's why. No comment. <laughs> High stakes fantasy footballer rolls on with more live draft coverage. Final break here coming up uh, on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Pros versus Joes, division number six. Better Call Saul, division live coverage draft uh, rolls on here as we are broadcasting it for you on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I am Eric Balkman at Eric Balkman on Twitter. Dave is uh, Dave Gerzak is at David Gerzak on Twitter. The show is Such at HSFFR on Twitter. Yeah, we're listen. We're we're not creative guys. We which is clear for anybody who's been listening to this entire broadcast. Nor entertaining. Yeah, that not not creative, not entertaining. Uh, I don't know what we are because we're not the opposite end of that spectrum either, which is probably not great. Uh, well, for either look, of us. there's a lot of fantasy football podcasts out there that'll just bore the living hell out of you. Uh, this hopefully isn't one of them. Right. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think we're. We, will also, we won't overly anyway. inform you of anything either. I guarantee you that much. The, uh, the we we tried to get into the t- all right. We tried to get into the twelfth round. We're just uh, getting some rankings though. before the break. Uh, Robert Woods here going uh, to Ray Summerlin. Antonio Gates is the number two tight end taken by Nolan Ortiz. Darren Sproles falls in the twelfth round tonight. Uh, maybe not falls. I mean, maybe that's that's where he's been going. I just think that's a really good value for him as the number four running back for Mike Nazarick. Uh, we have another team that has three tight ends on their squad, and it is uh, Rich McClellan and Roger Gonzalez. Charles Clay is the number three tight end. Can you re- can you pr- pronounce his name like the diehard always from now on? Rich McClellan. No, Clay. Charles Clay. Oh. Clay. Charles Clay. Yes, yeah. to do that every time going yeah. forward from now until the end of the season or as long as Charles Clay oh, is you know what? I, I, pro- I only want you to say it that way. But I pronounced it wrong because when, uh, when Alan Rickman is doing that, Hans Gruber is saying that, he's saying it in his American accent. That's right. Like, Clay. <laughs> Bill Clay. <laughs> oh, you're one of them. You're one of them, aren't you? Relax, that's, pal. That's pretty close. Yeah. But you, you have to watch it again and then do it. Uh, anyway, I, I need you to do the clay build. Like, <laughs> Matt Forte is uh, Tim McCullough's pick here at uh, at the 12:05 tonight, followed by Carson Palmer and then Jonathan Stewart to Darren Armani. So he takes uh, Jonathan Stewart as his number four running back, and then you have uh, um, Tyrod Taylor right off the board as the backup to Aaron Rodgers by 
Steve Rees is here, followed by Carson Wentz backing up Andrew Luck, or maybe starting in front of Andrew Luck. We don't know. Uh, Carson Wentz to Jared Smola there. And then uh, Jordan Matthews, a guy I really like uh, this year, given his value, uh, goes to Kim Schleicher at the 12-10. Brashad Perriman is the uh, final, or excuse me, uh, second to last uh, penultimate pick, I guess is yeah, what it would be, you saw it. at the uh, 12-11 tonight, followed by Jacquez Rogers. Good value there. Potentially the starting running back in Tampa at the 12-12. Do you yep. think there's any legs to that, to, uh, to Jacquez Rogers keeping that starting no. job? Do you think it's Mark? Yes. Okay. I've, I've already I think been, that's bunk. I've already been looking at uh, 2018 um, NFL mocks, and uh, a lot of them have Tampa. Why? Just for, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, a lot of them have Tampa taking a, a running back in the first round. Yeah, well, that's possible. That'd be a, that, whoever it is, if it's, you know, Saquon Barkley or uh, Darius Geis or whoever it is going uh, to Tampa in the first round, that'd be a plum spot for uh, Dynasty picks being Certainly the 101, yeah. pairing up with. Winston and Howard and Evans and yeah, all, a lot of, a lot all of the cool. fellas in Tampa, Dave. <laughs> a lot of great young offensive talent there. Yeah. They're really assembling it. Yeah, they're building a. Their defense is pretty good too, right? It's uh, pretty. It's, it's all right. Pretty, pretty good. I don't think it's terrible. Um, so we'll see. Maybe it's middle of the road. I really want middle. No, I'm kind of oh, cold. I'm kind of cold. I'm like warming myself up. <laughs> um, the maybe these. This is what you should be looking at: middle of the road defenses and high powered offenses, because that's where the fantasy points would be. That's why everybody loves the Packers. The defense sucks. There's no pass rush. They can't cover anybody, and they have a, a future Hall of Famer at quarterback spraying the ball all over the field with pinpoint accuracy, just piling up fantasy points. Yeah, it's like the Saints forever. Not yeah, forever. Saints is another great example. The Saints is like the prime example of all time. The Falcons, too, they've always had a crappy defense. Yep, that's another good one. The whole, that whole division is terrible. Yeah, it's really bad. You know what has not been – go ahead. I was going to say, it's funny because you get that, and then you get the Patriots where their defense is actually really solid, but then they, you know, they'll get a turnover and they'll be at the 20-yard line, and Brady will just like step back, three-step three back, boom, touchdown. Boom, touchdown indeed. I, fi- I figured tonight's broadcast was a, was a touchdown as well. This is going to be it for our live coverage of the, the PVJ. We're going to stick around here at uh, blogtalkradio.com slash HSFF. If you're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, pause for 10 uh, for right after this on the uh, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Well, that was terrible. I'll be honest with you. My transitions <laughs> have been better. That was uh, not a good one there to end the show off pause with. Pause for the out. Go goodbye. Yeah, it was really bad. Go, go away now. Uh, I promise uh, everybody. Me no talkie no more. Yeah, me no talking. The thing is, we can't. You know, I was just thinking about this the other day. Uh, <laughs> we can't do like somebody. Somebody said so to me, I, like, what happens? Did you, did you, we did that, and now we're off of fantasy. Sports. Yeah. Can yeah. we swear now? Now we could get X-rated, R-rated. Go ahead. I don't care. No, call you know, Zeb Captain. Call in and you know talk about all the sexual fantasies I, he's been posting about in the chat room. I don't know if we want to go that far. <laughs> this, this, <laughs> There's certain rabbit holes that uh, there's just no way out of. I don't even know. You know I don't, my virgin ears don't want to hear that either. I uh, was going to say something. Oh, somebody said to me, he's like, hey, you know what you guys should do is do um, nine of these pros versus Joe's draft. Do it over three oh weeks. God. And I'm like, there is no way in hell. That Alex is giving away nine main events. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that, but All right. I couldn't do that. I mean, it's just six is, is tough enough. I don't know how these people do it every – well, you know, the thing is – is it true, though, that the ones that they'll do it every day for, like, three hours, that's, like, their sole gig? I mean, I'm not talking about the Howard well, Stern's okay, world. I'm but, talking about, you know, like, the regular, like, the fantasy guys, for one. Yeah. They, like, they would go on it, like, from 6 to 9 in the morning or something like that. But, yeah, but there's a lot of prep that goes into those shows as well. You know what I mean? And, granted, yeah. you usually have 
for producers, and our producer is yeah. terrible. So, yeah. like, we have to make up for a lot of his lacking. But you you look at um, what those guys do. They always say, like, for every hour of radio, there's usually three hours of preparation behind well, it. Well, that's BS. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. Um, when, for the pros, we, we just kind of fake it and fart around. Yeah. That's, that's basically Probably what we do. There's a lot of their stuff. Eh, I don't know about that. Uh, let's uh, get it. Maybe it is. But they're doing it live. We'll find what's out. So, what's so good about it? It's like, oh, we have a guest. We, I looked up a few questions to ask the guest. We'll, we'll find out when the podcast awards come out. I've been a guest on those shows before. They don't, they don't have any good questions. They no. have the same stupid questions. That's, that's, oh, oh, FFPC. Oh, what's up with the tight end? Yeah, thanks a lot. That was a really well-crafted but you know, question. But, okay, but honestly, you say that, but there's still people. Like, we post these draft boards on Twitter. There's still people out there that don't understand why the tight ends are going so crazy. People <laughs> well, don't know. Twitter, people don't know. It's Twitter. But, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, there's, but there's, if there's people on Twitter saying that, there's people who are listening to Sirius and Fantasy yeah, but you Sports know, Radio doesn't Network. Take, and, that doesn't take three hours of research to ask that question, is my point. No, but, it's, it, but you're, when you're crafting the questions for the audience, it makes sense that that would be one of the questions that you ask. Yes, that took two minutes. Weren't we going to do a... One, 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 minute, one minute to craft that question. Weren't we going to... Oh, no, forget it. That was something else. I don't want to get into it. Let's get into the 13th round. Uh, Giovanni Bernard leads things off here with uh, Brad Kirkland taking him there, followed by uh, Evan Ingram as the number three tight end, taken by Jay Myers from uh, Dynasty Football Warehouse. Alvin Kamara, the rookie running back for the New Orleans Saints, goes to Kimberly I'm going to start a new site. <laughs> Where did it, this come from? I'm going to call it Dynasty Football Whorehouse. <laughs> And Zeb Cap and I are going to partner. And we're Did he post that in the chat? No, Dynasty I just made Football it up. Whorehouse? Yeah, Dynasty Football Whorehouse. I'm going to buy that domain name, and it's going to compete with Dynasty Football Warehouse. DFWH.com. Yeah, you know, the Whorehouse. Check out, you know, our picks are cheap. <laughs> David Njoku is, uh, is Jared Smola's pick as his backup tight end to the black unicorn, Martellus Bennett. Uh, speaking of Martellus Bennett, this is sort of – Ah, forget it. Mr. Target? No, it's not appropriate for this show. (laughs) Shane Vereen uh, is the pick right after David Njoku, followed by Thomas Rawls to Darren Armani. Uh, Dwayne Allen is the backup tight end for Bob McGilvray here at the 1307, followed by Rashard Matthews to Tim McCullough. What do you make about uh, Tim? Tim's popping off a big whole bunch of wide receivers. Yeah, he is. That's what I was going to point out. John Brown, Eric Decker, Corey Coleman, Kevin White, Rashard Matthews, trying to make hay while the sun shines, apparently. You know, Rashard Matthews was a WR2 last year. Nobody likes him, but he was a WR2, and everybody looks at the rookie one, rookie two, who cares? Matthews, he might be, he, you never know. He might be the best wide receiver on that team. And the other thing is. Better than Eric Decker? Eh, maybe not. Maybe, not. maybe second best receiver, though. Maybe not. Yeah, but he could be second best. I mean, you don't, you in know, 2017. And he does have Eric Decker on his team. So I like what he's doing at wide receiver. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, <clears throat> Ted Ginn is the pick right after that to uh, Gonzalez McClellan. Uh, Vernon Davis, the third tight end taken by Michael Nazareth. Now, what do you make of Vernon Davis in the wake of this Jordan Reed injury? You don't like Reed. Would you be targeting VD in one of these um, DE formats, these best ball formats? Well, Balky's a person who goes to Vegas all the time. I'm never targeting VD. <laughs> it's not something I'm interested in. I want to go there. Who with goes my... to Vegas to target VD? I'm just going to take my luggage. You know what I bring home? I bring home my luggage. And a happy wife, happy life, Balky. But VD, you know, I would take a look at him, I guess. He's not somebody I'm going to be really all that super crazy interested in. Um, if he's there to value, I don't know that the – I mean, I don't know that the 13th round is like this amazing crazy value for him. Uh, but I would, I would consider him, sure. Uh, Josh Doxson is the uh, receiver going to uh, Nolan Ortiz here, and uh, Cole Beasley is the final selection to Ray Summerlin here in round 13, a pick that I know Matt Kelly from Player Profiler loves. 
Shrimpy guys with a lot of targets. Nice. Does he like Beasley or yours? He drafted a Beasley, and yeah. that was another one of his guys that nice. he was taking with, you know, Crowder and these other, you know, way, smaller we, guys. Do, that, we know how, do we know how tall Matt Kelly is, personally? No, but we'll find out in Vegas because he will be out there for our live event. Wouldn't it be year. funny if he's, about, if he's like, he has a Napoleon complex, he's like 5'6"? He's like just it's super just, short. First of all, you don't throw our five six listeners under the bus here. Look, we, I'm not. Hey, Leroy, I'm sorry. Oh God, Leroy's like five seven. Yeah, I don't know how tall Leroy is. I um, don't care how short people are. It's fine. I don't really care. I'm not all that crazy tall either. Um, but I'm just wondering if maybe Rob Kelly's a little, a little short. You know, like short short players as well, wide receivers. Listen, we'll find That's out. kind of a funny thing. It maybe. is. It is funny, and I will ask him that uh, next time I talk to him. Let's get into some team analysis we have asked here. Him last night. Well, I don't know if we could have believed anything he would have told us uh, when he was on the show on He's Sunday. He's always good. Uh, let's get into some team analysis. We'll start with uh, Team 12 here and break it down. Ray Summerlin from Roto World, DeMarco Murray, Marshawn Lynch, Danny Woodhead, Tevin Coleman, Jonathan Williams at running back. Receivers Michael Thomas, Pierre Garçon, Kelvin Benjamin, Robert Woods, Cole Beasley. Uh, tight ends are Jordan Reed, Kobe Fleener, and the quarterbacks are Marcus Mariota and Dak Prescott. Dave, no problems with the quarterbacks, no problems at the running backs. Reed, obviously, you know, he can't have a serious issue here because if he does, Ray Summerlin's going to have a serious issue at tight end. And I like what he's doing with the receivers to uh, to pile them on uh, a little bit as well. But the running backs should carry the squad. I actually like the quarterbacks are probably the best part of the team, in my opinion. He waited really long for them. I don't like Jordan Reed. I don't really like, you know, again, I don't really like Lynch. I don't like Kevin Coleman all that much. So, uh you know, it's not my favorite team just because I don't like a lot of the players he took. Uh, let's uh, we will get back into team analysis, but as long as uh, we can, let's uh, let's go to the two four eight on the phone line. You are on live with, with Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak on the HSFF Hour. Who is this? No, hi, this is Brad Kirkland. I'm drafting out of the one spot. Definitely not Raymond, though. Yes, though. So. Yes, oh, no, that's, yes. Well, wow. we, have, we haven't gotten to uh, to Brad's team analysis, but we will talk about it right now. Brad Kirkland drafting from the uh, number yeah. one spot tonight. Dave has a question for him right away, straight away, straight away. So yeah. one of your league mates, Jake Jake Valich, is over there. Yeah, he's in one of your dynasty leagues. He's dogging on your team like crazy in the chat room. What's up with that? I believe it. I I, I completely believe it. He um, well, first let me give a shout out to Dynasty number twenty six. Bunch of good guys in that, and they've actually been texting me picks all night. So they're actually helping put the team <laughs> together. But uh, but yeah, nice. Jake is in the, uh, Jake's in the chat room, and he's probably trying to trade some second round picks because he likes to hoard those. So <laughs> I love awesome. it. That's yeah, fantastic. Uh, we we don't necessarily need to talk about David Johnson here a whole lot, but let's talk about your second round pick uh, here, Brad. Jimmy Graham, a guy that. He's usually going at the end of the third round. What made him uh, your choice here as the third tight end off the board uh, ahead of a guy like uh, guys like Greg Olson and Jordan Reed? So you hit the nail on the head uh, when you actually I'm on the clock. Let me make my pick real quick. Oh yeah, right. yeah. Let's let's hear what this is uh, live action round fourteen. What are you thinking here, Brad? Uh, and actually, you'll get to make two picks right here. Yep. He didn't know that. Thanks for telling him. Well, no, I'm telling the listeners. I'm informing the listeners. Brad knows he's been doing this. Brad, you're up next right after that like pick. The, I don't know if you know this, Brad, but after you pick in the 14th round, you get to pick right away in the 15th. Oh, he's pushing it, baby. So uh, so yeah. this is an, a couple interesting selections here. Talk uh, let Before you talk about Jimmy Graham, why, why Seattle defense? Why Arizona defense? So, no, that's a, that's a great question. So I've done a online, and the one thing that I've noticed is if I don't get a defense and kicker, 
and I get stuck in those runs, then it just ends up terrible for me. Um, you know, I follow a lot of guys on Twitter who like to get three defenses, three kickers. So I try to follow that, uh, try to follow that model. And when I get stuck in those runs, I end up with teams like, you know, defenses like the Detroit Lions or the New Orleans Saints. So my thought was um, drafting at the turn is like, hey, I've got an opportunity to start the run here. So uh, I'm good with that. And also I did a little bit of analysis, and I noticed that if I get two top defenses, um, they're on average going to score about 75 to 100 points more than the three middle-ranked defenses. So I figured if I can take them early, I'm fine taking them just as long as I get two top ones and I don't get stuck in the run. So that's the thought. That's what I love. I love that. I actually love that turn. That's a fantastic turn. Yeah. In fact, you, I feel like you kind of got, I don't normally see that. You kind of got lucky a little bit to be the one, or let's say if it was the 12th pick and actually be the have the opportunity to take the first defenses and the 14th round isn't reaching. So it's not like yeah. you started and went like 12, 13, 14, 15 is pretty late for getting a defense. I think Brad, that the other thing to, to bring up the part of the reason that you took those defenses there, I think it's a similar reason to why you took Jimmy Graham at the two twelve, uh, knowing that he wouldn't make it back to you. Was that, uh, was that the uh, thought process there? That is 100% the thought process. So when you guys were on live and, and you said that, um, I really like Jimmy Graham this year. I really like that Seattle offense. And it was either going to be Doug Baldwin or Jimmy Graham right there. Obviously, I didn't want them both. But uh, given the tight end premium, I wanted Jimmy Graham. Normally, I would take Jordan Reed right there. But just the past two days with the, Reed, or with the, with the, uh, the news out on Reed, I, just, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't take him. And then Greg Olson, there's just a lot going on in Carolina with Christian McCaffrey. And I really like Curtis Samuel down there. I think he's going to do a lot. So, I just uh, I like Jimmy Graham more, and I like Greg Olson there. So, FFPC Joe uh, Brad Kirkland, drafting out of the one spot, joins us tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Brad, uh, we talked about the tight end premium format, and you get Tyler Eifert with the first pick of the fifth round. Given that you have done some FFPC best ball drafts already, was it important to you to make sure that you got two tight ends uh, right away within the first five rounds? It absolutely was. Yeah, I I think so, especially this year. It just seems like there's a big drop-off after, like, the first six or seven tight ends. And so I wanted to make sure I got, you know, two of those top six guys. And I probably reached a little bit for Eifert. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I've reached for a lot of picks here. I think I reached for uh, Demarius Thomas, Tyler Eifert, Theo Riddick, and Terrell Williams. But one thing I've learned, this is my first time doing the Pros and Joes, and uh, I'll be doing my very first main event out in Vegas uh, later this year. <laughs> Everyone says, throw ADP out the window and just go get your guys. And so that's really what I've been trying to do. And I really like Terrell Williams. Um, you know, he's generally going in the ninth or 10th round, but I figured, Hey, if I can get him in the eighth, I'm grabbing him in the eighth. Um, so that was my thought on Tyler Eifert reached for him, but I really wanted that second tight end. Everybody, but Dave Gerzak telling you to go get your guys apparently, because, uh, it is a popular strategy that, uh, doesn't really work out for me. I just think, I think the strategy is sound. I just think, my picking of my guys. I don't, I don't, my guys are incorrect. So that, that's, that's what's always hindered me. Uh, Brad, uh, the other thing I want to talk about, we touched about this, uh, touched on it briefly when uh, you made the pick at the 12-12. Jacquez Rogers, I like the value there. Obviously, you know uh, that the plan in Tampa seems to be that uh, they will be using him significantly the first three weeks of the season. What happens after that when Doug Martin comes back from suspension? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't think anybody really knows that. Um, but my thought is, is, look, I've got David Johnson. By getting David Johnson, it allows me to kind of punt the running back position until later in the draft. Um, and I got Theo Riddick, which is a guy that I really like. So 
if Jacquez Rogers ends up being the guy and Doug Martin gets suspended or injury or whatever, I think I really like the talent there. And I think he can, uh, I think he can be a league winner if you get him in the 12th round. So I'm actually targeting him in a lot of my drafts right now. You know, you got just looking at. I mean, obviously, I like David Johnson this year, but you got a lot of guys that I really like in, in Graham and Demarius Thomas, Willie Sneed, Tyrell Williams, Cam Newton in the ninth. I like that pick. Rivers in the eleventh. Jacquez Rogers in the twelfth. I'm starting to like Giovanni Bernard more and more every day too. So I, this is. I mean, I don't know if, how much we'll team analysis we'll get to you uh, tonight because we did talk to you. Uh, you know, for you know, going on seven eight minutes here. But I, I Dave, I, I like this team. Uh, this is a team that's obviously going to compete with David Johnson, and I, and I feel like uh, uh, Brad did a pretty good job uh, filling in the other positions too. Your thoughts on, on his team? You know, I like the fat Rob Kelly. Skinny Rob Kelly. Skinny whatever. Rob Kelly, yeah. And I actually like the Eifert and Graham together. I think that was a really nice uh, combination. Cam and Rivers, good there. You waited on that. And with David Johnson, you, it's hard to go wrong with him. Brad, I want to thank you so much for uh, calling in tonight. Best of luck the uh, second half of this Pros versus Joe's draft. Best of luck in the main event, and we will see you at Planet Hollywood in September, man. Look forward to it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Brad Kirkland, of course. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at BC Kirkland. Tweets about banking, college football, fantasy football. Hashtag win the day. That is a hell of a muskie in his uh, Twitter profile uh, photo as well. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, no kidding. Big, big, big That's one. Huge. It's a big one, as they say, in the, uh, the Midwestern what, part of the country. That's what uh, you and Butch say. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, so let's uh, let's move on here and get to Nolan Ortiz's team, and, and we'll briefly talk about uh, each one of these teams in, in the final uh, 18 minutes of the show here. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Terrence West, Kareem Hunt at running back. Receivers, A.J. Green, Mike Evans, Julian Edelman, Devontae Parker, Josh Doxson. Tight ends are Eric Ebron, Antonio Gates, Ben Watson. Uh, quarterbacks, Jameis Winston, Derek Carr. I, I look at this team, Dave, and, and I guess – um, if McCaffrey and Cook do come through, this is a strong team, but they're going to have to come through because the only guys behind them uh, is another rookie and another guy that you and I don't like all that much in Terrence West. Uh, I think that the receivers are solid. I can get on board with the tight ends uh, with Ebron, Gates, and Watson, uh, and I obviously like the quarterbacks as well. But the running backs, again, just like Ray Summerlin's team, key to this team. Yeah, I like McCaffrey and I like Cook, but, I mean, there is some risk with both of them. You don't know if they're going to really produce. And uh, then with Edelman, you're, I'm worried about him losing targets. I think he's going to lose a lot of targets to Brandon Cooks, so I'm concerned about that. So as your WR3, starting with A.J. Green and Evans, that's great. And Parker still has to emerge. He's been absolute dog crap his entire career <laughs> so far. So he really has to come through and actually do something as a WR2 in Miami. And Ma- if he, assuming he is a WR2. Right, that's another good point. Mike Nazarek from uh, FF Mastermind, at FF Mastermind on Twitter, ffmastermind.com, uh, defending champion in this format. He goes with Melvin... Gordon, Devontae Freeman, Paul Perkins, Darren Sproles, Jamal Williams at running back, Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, Larry Fitzgerald, Adam Thielen, and Kenny Stills at receiver. Uh, tight ends are Delaney Walker, C.J. Fedorowicz, and Vernon Davis. Drew Brees and Matthew Stafford are the quarterbacks. So I can get on board, obviously, with the running backs here. It's a lot of good, a lot of strong picks there. I like the, the, the front end of the receiver core in Allen, Hill, and Fitz. Uh, obviously, Brees and Stafford are fantastic. And then uh, Walker, Fedorowicz, and Davis – uh, for not targeting tight ends super early, not taking a second one until uh, round 10. If Reed misses significant time, that's probably going to be the strength of his team as well. And he knows what he's doing. Two previous overall third-place finishes in the pros versus Joe's competition. So Nazarek has this on lock. Yeah, I feel like Nazarek, after round five, got value like everywhere. 
Fitz, Perkins, Breeze, maybe not Thielen is not necessarily super value, but Sproles in the 12th round. Uh, Jamal Williams is a nice pick, too. I mean, his running backs, I like his running backs a lot. Gordon Freeman, Perkins, and Sproles. That's really solid. Right. Number four wide receiver with Thielen's a tad weak, but, I mean, that's really totally picking on his team. His team is really strong. I like it a lot. Uh, yeah, not much more to say. I mean, we knew Mike Nazarick was going to come in and draft a strong team, and I won't talk a whole lot about it because when we have him on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour as our guest, we will quiz him more uh, on how he this built the team. This team. I'd like to go, I wouldn't mind going to war with this. this yeah, I've, I'd be fine with it. Uh, Roger Gonzalez, Rich McClellan here at the nine spot. Lamar Miller, Spencer Ware, C.J. Anderson, Duke Johnson, DeAndre Washington, Jordy Nelson, T.Y. Hilton, Allen Robinson, Emmanuel Sanders, Ted Ginn, and Will Fuller at receiver. Uh, Jack Doyle, Cameron Brait, Charles Clay are the tight ends, and uh, Andy Dalton and Blake Bortles at uh, quarterback. So this team, Dave, um, you know, he did have four running backs, or they did have four running backs through round nine. I'm not a huge fan, really, of any of those. Maybe, maybe Duke Johnson I can get on board with, but I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm a little off C.J. Anderson, um, off Spencer Ware, don't like Lamar Miller. Uh, the receivers are strong, obviously, as, as he had four of them through six rounds. I'm not a Jack Doyle guy this year. Cameron Braid, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, given the O.J. Howard presence. I do like the Charles Clay pick in the, in the 12th round. And uh, DeAndre Washington could be significant if Lynch were to go down. I guess this isn't my favorite team here uh, with these two guys, but, um, you know, one that I, I team construction-wise I probably would have assembled similarly, just not with those players. Yeah, I would tend to agree. It's like, so you take Allen Robinson, then you uh, compound that with Blake Bortles, who is cheap and rightfully so. The guy is, he's been dreadful beyond the five interception practice. So it's like, you have to assume Bortles gets his head on straight. What's his value at the Dynasty Football Whorehouse right now? Oh, the whore, I mean, man, he's getting tricked out from cheap. <laughs> no one wants Blake Bortles. But he, I mean, he's like the 10 cent freebie. Anyway, just trying to get you in the door with uh, Blake Bortles. I'm not, not that interested in Allen Robinson in the fourth round. I just think that pick was a little bit overdrafted. Spencer Ware is not a pedigreed back, so in the fifth round he could easily lose his job to Cream Hunt, and you don't get Cream Hunt here. So I see some problems with this team. It's not the type of guys I would have taken. I don't like Jack Doyle. He's also a non-pedigreed player. So it's not, not where I would have gone probably. Uh, just not my type of squad. Former overall champ Tim McCullough and returning league champ uh, drafting from the eighth spot tonight goes with Todd Gurley, Joe Mixon, Jamal Charles, LeGarrette Blunt, Matt Forte, and Devontae Booker. Receivers Devontae Adams, John Brown, Eric Decker, Corey Coleman, Kevin White, Richard Matthews, Zay Jones, Alan Hearns. The tight end, once again, only one tight end to Tim McCullough so far. And then Tom Brady is, the, uh, is his lone quarterback. So this is a strategy that has worked out for him before, only having one tight end. <laughs> but the fact that he only has one quarterback, only one tight end here, uh, running back's a little bit shaky. He's going with a ton of receivers here. Not Again, far be it for me to rip on the champ. He knows what he's doing, but this no, is, this is uh, an interesting strategy here. All right, Jamal Charles' pick was – I hope that was a mistake. That was obviously terrible. We, you, haven't, you haven't even – had the guts to look up his ADP. Oh, I can look it up right now. So then, so taking Gronk and then not taking another tight end to spite yourself is kind of silly. And then taking Brady only, you know, Brady's like 39, 40, 50 years old, whatever the hell he is. He's, he's too old to only have as your only quarterback, especially when other quarterbacks are so cheap. You take, you know, Kevin White or whomever, even Zay Jones. I mean, there's, there's plenty of quarterbacks out there that you could have taken. And granted, there's still other ones that are out there. But, I mean, come on, man, you don't have to do that. You take a backup quarterback, take a tight end, and your team looks a lot better in the, overall in the, in the long run. I think Charles was just a big, huge mistake. Beyond that, 
The team is actually okay. Now his ADP normally in this competition, 403, so pretty good value on Shut Jamal up. Charles. 1102 for Jamal Charles. Yeah, it's, only, it's only, six, only six round miss there. Bob McGilvray, LaShawn McCoy, Jordan Howard, Doug Martin, CJ Proceis, Chris Thompson at running back. Receivers are Doug Baldwin, Golden Tate, Jameson Crowder, Randall Cobb, Quincy Anunma, Taylor Gabriel. Tight ends are Hunter Henry, Dwayne Allen, and Jesse James. And the quarterbacks, Russell Wilson and Carson Palmer. Dave, I can, I, I can see how this team wins. I mean, it, yes. the running backs are strong. I, I like the fact that he had five receivers through round 11, and they all have significant upside. I, I, Jesse James is a guy that I like as a third tight end. I'm not a huge Dwayne Allen fan, but I do like Hunter Henry quite a bit this year. And uh, this is a team that should be competitive all the way to the end, in my opinion. Like I've said about some other teams in the prior nights, I think this is a thoughtful team. He put a lot of thought into it. When you look at how it's assembled, it's constructed properly. Randall Cobb in the 10th, Anunwa in the 11th. He, was, he had the three receivers, but they weren't like elite guys, so he needed a couple more. Those were great picks. Wilson, I thought, was a nice value with Carson Palmer in the 12th. I think the way he put together everything, I think it was a, it's a really well-put-together team, and this one is definitely going to be in contention. Darren Armani, the godfather of the pros versus Joes, he goes with Mike Gillisley, Eddie Lacy, James White, Jonathan Stewart, Thomas Rawls there at running back, Odell Beckham, Sammy Watkins, Jeremy Macklin, Brandon Marshall, J.J. Nelson at receiver. Tight ends, Travis Kelsey, Greg Olson, Kyle Rudolph, and Austin Saperian Jenkins, Kirk Cousins, and Sam Bradford. So clearly Darren Armani has the worst tight ends in the league, which is uh, really going to be the <laughs> Achilles heel. No, he has the best ones. And uh, he did a good job there. I think with the running backs here, it was an interesting strategy to get both Gillisley and James White, Eddie Lacy, and Thomas Rawls. He adds Austin Safari Jenkins as a number four, high upside number four tight end. Uh, the receivers are really going to be key. You're going to have to have Watkins stay healthy. You're going to have to have Macklin have a solid uh, first year here in uh, Baltimore. Marshall is going to have to remain relevant. And uh, you'd like to see, I think J.J. Nelson comes through with some starter weeks here. Uh, but, the, you know, you look at uh, Darren Armani's team, all depends on, on the tight ends. Yeah, which is great for him because they're awesome. I mean, the tight ends are fan- – the Austin Sperry and Jenkins pick to go with the other three is just great. I like this team a lot. He did a great job picking it, uh, taking, waiting until the 11th round and getting Kirk Cousins. The way he's putting his running backs together after waiting on them due to his uh, propensity to take tight ends early, uh, he did a great job of selling this team. I like this team a lot as well. So Steve Rezus was picking in the five spot tonight. Jay Ajayi, uh, Isaiah Crowell, Bilal Powell, Shane Vereen, Joe Williams, and Jalen Richard. Uh, receivers are Julio Jones, Michael Crabtree, Kenny Britt, Cam Meredith, Marvin Jones. Tight ends, Jason Witten, Austin Hooper, and Zach Miller. Quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers and Tyrod Taylor. I like uh, the quarterbacks on this team. I like the receivers, uh, the running backs I'm okay with. I'm nervous about the tight ends. I, I don't. I'm not a huge Jason Witten guy. I don't like Zach Miller this year. I, I do like Austin Hooper, but and I do like actually the pick he just made in the 17th round. AJ Derby is his number four. I like that one as well. So actually, <laughs> with that Derby pick, I kind of like this. Derby team. is changing yeah, it for you. I, I like it a little bit more. Well, my main problem was the was the tight ends, and and to have four of them now through round 17, and to get Hooper and Derby, I like it. Yeah, he's doing well there. I mean, my concern is, I guess, a, is a, a three, four, five tight end, or not tight end, three, four, five wide receiver. Cameron Meredith, I like that pick. Not as big of a fan as, as uh, of Britt and Marvin Jones. The rest of his team looks really good, though. I, I mean, I know what you're saying about tight ends, but I think he's a, he's done enough to take care of that. And having Rodgers is great at quarterback. He should be in contention. Sometimes quantity is just as important as quality. Uh, Jared Smolin picking from the four spot tonight. Ty Montgomery, Carlos Hyde, Mark Ingram, Amir Abdullah. By the way, Jared Smolin defend, trying to defend his title. I should bring that up. So Montgomery, Hyde, Ingram, Abdullah at uh, running back. Receiver Antonio Brown, Des Bryant, Deshaun Jackson, Mike Wallace, Corey Davis, uh, Sterling Shepard, Mohamed Sanu. 
Uh, tight ends, Martellus Bennett, David Njoku, and Eric Swope, and Andrew, Andrew Luck and Carson Wentz. I think if uh, Luck, you know, gets through this and, and is healthy for, uh, you know, the early part of the season, the quarterbacks are going to be fine. I like the running backs. Receivers, he, he never really ignored it. Uh, obviously, he went receiver, receiver to start, and then just kept pounding them. Jackson, Wallace, Davis, Shepard, Sanu. And I like the, the tight ends, uh, you know, adding Njoku, who has a lot of upside. Swope, who has a lot of upside. He's going to have to have one of those guys come through, and I think there's a decent chance of one of them coming through for him uh, on, on, you know, two-thirds of the season. So this is a team I can get on board with as well. I like the team except for the tight ends. I don't like Martellus Bennett. They're not going to throw enough to the tight end in Green Bay. That's just my opinion, and that's what they've done traditionally. Really? It's and the first Joe, time ever hearing of this. Yeah, I know. I'm going to keep saying it. I don't give a crap. I'll, keep, I'll tell you, in case you missed the last five broadcasts, they don't throw <laughs> tight ends in Green Bay. And Joku, he's still a rookie. Unless you're uh, Jeremy Shockey, you're not going to get enough targets to actually be productive. And Swope, I, you know, he's the guy that everyone uh, – Kind of likes to take. He's a little bit trendy, but, you know, he's, he's got to produce for you. I just don't think he's good enough at tight end. The rest of the team is fantastic. Yeah, other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Well, I'm just saying, I mean, no, no, I can I rip on the tight end. I can, I can yeah. say no, the rest of the team is good. You and I both like the rest of the team for sure, and I, I, I obviously like the tight ends a little bit more than you. Uh, Kimra Schleicher picking from the three spot tonight. Ezekiel Elliott, Adrian Peterson, Derek Henry, Samaji P. Ryan, Alvin Kamara. A lot of youth at running back there. Brandon Cook, Samari Cooper, Martavis Bryant, Jordan Matthews at receiver. Uh, tight ends are Zach Ertz, O.J. Howard, and Gerald Everett. Uh, quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning. Uh, you look at this squad, Dave, I'm a little surprised that um, she only has four receivers uh, here through 17 rounds. Uh, and uh, the youth is really what stands out to me. Not not only Henry, Pirine, and uh, Kamara, but O.J. Howard and Gerald Everett at tight end as well. Cooper Cup uh, as uh, a number Cup five receiver. A starter. Yeah, as a starter in, for the Rams. So, I, you know... There's a lot of youth on this team, a lot of unknowns. Certainly she's uh, shooting for the moon a little bit. Maybe she had to in this format with three other defending champions here. Well, Kimra, let me tell you, if you're listening to this broadcast, we offer dynasty teams of the FFPC. You should really buy some because you're drafting so many young rookie players. Get on the dynasty bandwagon. It's so much fun. Uh, I don't like the tight ends beyond Earth because it's two more rookie tight ends. Right. You go back with that same trend. Howard and Everett are not going to produce. Howard could, technically, there's a 10% chance of it, 20%. Uh, but not enough to be really productive in a starter. Uh, beyond that, the team's pretty solid. Again, you're, like you said about at receiver, but with Cup, actually, I, I kind of like the Cup. That yeah. He could produce as a rookie. He might be able to. He's going in the 16th round. Jay Myers from DynastyFootballWarehouse.com, Le'Veon Bell, Leonard Fournette, Frank Gore, Latavius Murray, Rex Burkhead at running back. Receivers are uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Alshon Jeffrey, Jarvis Landry, Stephon Diggs, Dante Moncrief and Brashad Perriman. Tight ends are Julius Thomas, uh, Jared Cook, Evan Ingram, and Tyler Higbee, the quarterbacks, Matt Ryan and Ryan Tannehill. So the problem for me on this team, Dave, is uh, tight end, but I Once like again, back to tight I, I swear, Darren Armani did impact a bunch of people with his picks. But, but what I do like what Jay Myers is doing here, he didn't take one until round nine, but through round 17, he's got four of them. Yeah, so he does have a – All crappy. Does, well, I mean, but again, even the <laughs> crappy guys are going to have good weeks, and he's not going to have to decide which to start between Thomas and Cook and Ingram and Higby. You know, when these guys go off, if they go off, then they'll be in his lineup. So I like what he did at tight end. I think it is the weakness on this team. Other than that, uh, it, it, it's a solid one. Well, his first eight rounds, I don't like Moncrief overall, but his first eight rounds were great. I mean, the, the wide receivers and running backs he took, Gore was solid there. Uh, so that's, that's, that's great. Matt Ryan and Tannehill, good value there. Yeah, like we said about tight end, I agree with you there, Balky. That's, that's what we're going to have to worry about. You know, from the whorehouse to the warehouse, not too bad. Yes, exactly. I don't think we have to talk about Brad Kirkland's team a whole lot uh, because uh, we did while well. he was on the air. We both like it. A lot of, once again, a lot of solid teams here. 
Uh, and that uh, is, you know, con- going to conclude our pros versus Joe's coverage uh, for 2017. Final thoughts, Dave, takeaways from now that we've sat through six of these drafts. Can we cancel it for next year? You want to cancel it? Nobody, no. nobody really pays attention not, to this. Not really. I actually kind of like it. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready to do number seven. Yeah, I'm not. Definitely not. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll give you my takeaways. It was interesting to see in all these drafts, uh, once again, that it seemed like there was a position that seemed to drop every single draft. Quarterbacks in one draft. Tonight's draft, quarterbacks did. Uh, we saw running backs fall in, in Division Five. We've seen the tight ends uh, fall in uh, last week in one of them. I can't remember which one. But we've seen tight ends being pushed up quite a bit. And I think this year more than ever, the strategy for a lot of these pros, and, and maybe to the Joes to a certain extent, I think we saw a lot more risk-taking. I thought we saw a lot, of more, a lot more draft picks being drafted on their upside and their ceiling, knowing that you only get paid out. And that's always been the payout. But I think this is what the year it's been most prevalent is that we saw a lot of players trying to, to shoot for the moon and, and trying to get these dominant squads to, to win their league and then you get that 2018 FFPC main event entry. Uh, that's my, sort of my take on it. Hey, you know what? I really can't do much better than what you just said. Okay, about. Yeah, I have enough. to kind of concur with you. All or right. Conquer. So, yes, you, you conquer with me. I appreciate <laughs> that. I know my wife does as well. That is going to do it for our broadcast tonight. Uh, I want to thank Brad Kirkland for calling in. Of course, Darren Armani for helping put this together every single year, the FFPC uh, that has given us uh, the opportunity to broadcast these shows for you. Our producer and mutual friend, Rob, our audio engineer, Bryce. Most of all, each and every one of our listeners, whether you're downloading this later, listening to the stream, or listening live, we certainly appreciate it. And with that, let's do another live draft on Friday. All right. Football Guys Players Championship live on High Stakes for Fantasy real money. Football Hour. For real money, we are doing, covering another one of those this Friday at 10-9 Central. Um, they'll just list the players. Uh, Frank Sladd, Jerry Kaforsky, uh, Tyler Lahr, Ken Orvitz, uh, Tony Giustiniani, and Donald Rich. Uh, Ryan Hita, Bill Stavros, uh, all going to be participating, as well as previous show guests. BipLab Mandel uh, is going to be uh, participating in drafting. Uh, Jimmy Wagner will be on. Henry Muto will be drafting. Taipei Tony Pung will be drafting. Yeah, this. Team 747. And, of course, uh, the defending champs of this, uh, of this draft, Chris Holland and Alex Blake, will be uh, drafting as well. So this will be great. We'll, we'll listen to uh, – we'll probably Finally get – Finally some good drafters. We'll, we'll probably get some uh, – some callers uh, calling in that night uh, as well. So that will be uh, at 10, 9 central. So check that out. and We'll have uh, more live draft action for you then. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, draft boards for this will be posted on FFPC and High Stakes Fantasy Football, our social media accounts sometime tomorrow. Make those men in Hollywood reservations. Sign up for the main event, Football Guys Players Championship, Best Balls, Dynasty, and more at myffpc.com. Uh, and make sure that you're drafting live with us in Vegas. It is going to be a great time. we get got a lot of stuff planned for you out there. You will not disappoint it. Uh, with that, for Dave Gersnack, I'm Eric Kaufman. Your week officially begins This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Tim again, the sound that engine in is like a bird. You see fireworks and Corvette tire skirt, the boulevard. I know how you work, I know just who you are. See, use it, use it, use a bitch, you almost probably switch inside your DNA. This is our episode 302 of the HSFF Hour. When, at what point do we start getting better than our first one? Uh, thousand. I'm still waiting for that.
to, to happen. I'm going to have to. You should, go back to you should go back to journalism remedial school, and I should too. I join you in a class. Yeah. That's, uh, and, uh, I'll, broadcasting 101. Broadcasting 101, English 101, talking 101. <laughs> English. And, and clearly, uh, clearly what we need is some sort of remedial fantasy football course to be peppered with that. Yeah, not bad. Thanks for listening. We'll see you Friday.